to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is foreign, uh, but reading the reading the title yeah. here, it we, looks like uh, I think it's Gihu. Gioja. Uh, the J is actually an umlaut. Okay. Oh, it's okay. G I J O E. Go ahead and bop in your DVD or blurry. It's up. Certainly not American. <laughs> yes, yeah, pause. Fuck press yeah. play. Press pause when the uh, Paramount logo fades to black. The first time we perceive of all black, press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, and pause. At which point, we'll both press play and watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, four friends in your head. Blah, blah, blah. Me, Brian, Dorkman, Trey. You guys say hi real fast at once. Greetings. Hi. Hi real fast at once. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> all right. Fuck. We're watching G.I. Joe. For those who you didn't, if you didn't catch it, yeah. uh, G.I. Joe. Because it wasn't in the title of the link you just clicked. This is, uh, I, I loved G.I. Joe as a young child, but it's, it was so young that I didn't care. Uh, up until I think my my fifth or sixth birthday was a GI Joe theme party and that kind of stuff, but I never. It's not something that lasted at all. Power Rangers actually lasted longer than GI Joe did for me. So this is a movie that I watched for down in front, just to say that I'd watched it. Same here. And I made it two thirds through. Oh, okay. Do you know why I turned it off? It's not because <laughs> I thought, ah, oh, this is so egregiously awful and offensive and bad. It was the exact same experience I had with, of all things, Annie Hall. I was like, Star Wars was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got to the point where I was like, I think I might be, I might be judgmental, but I think I've seen what G.I. Joe has, and it's just going to be this for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and, in my brain, give me a second, copy, paste, copy, paste. Good. That was two hours long. <laughs> yeah. Done. This is, if you haven't seen G.I. Joe and you're listening to Down in Front because you realize you're never going to watch it and you want to hear us talk about it, yeah, it's that. It's exactly that. It's it's G.I. Joe is retarded and colorful and people jump around in stupid suits. There's some great effects the and there's some also there's that some also bad happens. effects. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a multiple house show. It's not just everyone was doing one thing. DD did a lot of great stuff. I think they they did the Eiffel Tower bit, which was really no, cool. No, uh, another company did that. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm in just any listening case, to the commentary. Oh, I'll I'll take your word for it. In any case, there's some good-looking stuff. I like the uh, the sim on the Eiffel Tower. I didn't like the actual green cloud as much. But that's not necessarily because those guys didn't know what they were doing. It might be because they had one week or the director kept making them redo it or whatever it is. In any case, this is just a big ass. It's like, this is the <laughs> dumbest comic book movie that ever didn't come from a comic book. And it kind of did. It did. It did. It did. It's just same, same kind of idea. It's like G.I. Joe Daredevil. It's based on less than a comic book. <laughs> yeah, it's it based on from, a toy. It came from the same neighborhood. Yeah. We are paused at the point right before we'll get the Hasbro logo. We can talk about that in a second. <laughs> Which, and if that wasn't your first clue, a movie brought to you by those guys who made those flip lightsaber toys that used to have. Yeah. And I believe they also made those movies about the trucks with faces that stand on their hind legs and punch each other. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Those as well. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Anyway, I heard, I heard there were movies. Yeah, Joe, or as I call it, I'm sure we would have heard about that. Yeah. Like that thing. <laughs> is um, it is certainly a moving picture. I don't care, it Brian. Is. Well, I first watched this, and I, I think I've actually been the one that advocated uh, from the outset. I was like, you guys, <laughs> get him. You, you guys have to, have to see this. this. this get is her, right? Amazing. Uh, and I'm really excited to see to hear what Trey has to say in defense of this movie. I can't wait because, quite frankly, when I watched this movie for the first time on Netflix uh, streaming, it became was that in like a self-loathing period? No, it Were was you punishing yourself for something. I was just like, okay, I I'm not spending any money, so why not? Uh, yeah. Why not check it out? Uh, and it about it's maybe literally a movie that's almost worth watching if it literally costs you nothing. <laughs> yes, even then, it's not really worth it. Even uh, then, I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> I want my two hours back, quite literally. It was, but it was about 20 minutes in before what this movie was just crystallized itself in my brain, which is, if you gave the Asylum $100 million to make a movie, this is the movie they would make. Damn it, you stole my, total, I'm sorry, my whole thing. I'm sorry, but that's, that's what it is. Yes. 
Yes, um, yes. It's the it's it's an asylum movie with a hundred million dollar budget. Yes, and there it is. There it is. Yeah, that's the essence. This of has been it. down in front. Dorkman. I, I, How are you on Gewah? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I have much else to add to that either. I watched it. <laughs> I didn't watch it in theaters because Stephen Summers, man, after Van Helsing, <laughs> there's there's no, not a lot of going back, even though I was willing to give him the Mummy movies. Yeah. Um, and the, the, first one, the first one was good. Uh, the second Mummy movie second was movie, like, what? Sequelitis, but still okay. Yeah. And then Van Helsing, I was like, oh, my God. I mm, no. Oh hell no. <laughs> oh hell no. Which I'd heard terrible things about so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to see it in theaters, but I will watch it, you know, on Blu-ray. And I was like, wow, this is everything I <laughs> thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Look this on the bright side. It's less. everything you dreamed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm like, this is the this is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, like it's not a movie I'm angry about because like I expected nothing else from <laughs> yeah. it. So it's not like it subverted my expectations or was like worse than I thought it would be. I was like, that's exactly as dumb as I thought it would be. This movie and is so... the equivalent of the big Labrador retriever that comes in and knocks everything off the coffee table with its tail. You can't be mad at it because it's just a big dumb dog. It doesn't, it doesn't know. know any better. It doesn't know any better. Uh, I noticed on Van Helsing, too, he, you know, he, was, he had ILM at his disposal and he he was getting work out of them that was way below their par because I, I, I it strikes me as the kind of thing where he's the kind of director who sees something he's like he's like it's fine go they're like what no we were just roughing it in no it's fine move on well actually well, uh, I, will, I actually will beg to differ with that point of view because okay. you, you really should uh, it's and I and I regret that I wasn't able to can, can I shall I there you go. take my take the spot I'm done uh, okay um, because <laughs> I, I watched this movie and uh, uh, first, uh, spoken. First of all, we have to point out that uh, by by definition, this is a perfect movie. This movie didn't mean to be anything more than what you see. This is ex- they, they they set out to achieve something and they achieved it in perfection. <laughs> they actually did, um, and that's and that's why I I put this movie above a real true cinematic turd that we did last week. Uh, I, this movie I would watch this movie ten times before I'd ever watch Wanted again, um, because I think Wanted thought it was a good movie. And I don't think G.I. Joe has any illusions as to what it is. Um, And if you listen to Stephen Summers' commentary, in which he doesn't disagree with what you're saying. Hmm. Um, And uh, I'll I'll talk about it, too. But you should really listen to it with the commentary, because I I like Summers in general, even when he has a What would we know him from? The Mummy. The first Mummy is still, like, his most fully... Yeah, I think that one's great. ...fully... You know, and the second mummy is good for being a sequel and having to be a sequel and all the problems that, that entails. He did not do the Breaking third. Breaking all the rules. He did not do the third mummy. He had nothing to do with that one. That's Rob Cohen's fault. Um, <laughs> easily the worst of the three. Um, and then he did a he did a fun little schlock movie called Deep Rising, which is actually a pretty fun movie. He did before these, and uh, he did something. And then Van Helsing, which has a lot. Whoa, of, whoa! He has a lot of good. Thi- there's a lot of good things. In you Van talk Helsing. softly in this house. There's a lot of good things in Van Helsing, but in the end, it collapses under its own weight and is not really that good. But but in his commentaries, Summers is is uh, very personable and, and usually will say, yeah, this didn't really work. This part didn't work. This part didn't quite work out. And he, he he's pretty straightforward about what's wrong with G.I. Joe. It's not like he doesn't know. And what I'm addressing is there's one like one sequence where he goes, this effect shot, not one of my faves. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally points out, no, this one did not fly. I didn't like this effect shot. And others are. Others is it are... the submarine shot? No, it's the, uh, the the landing craft that flies over the desert and goes down in the hole, uh. which was the first shot I went, ooh, really? But um, but here's the, here's the thing about G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe is it doesn't, you know, it, it knows it's a big dumb dog. It's, it's a self-aware big dumb dog. Um, 
nobody connected with this movie got up in the morning and said, I can't wait to tell this story. <laughs> everyone got up, everyone woke up and said, I'm making a major paycheck. And everyone knew what they were making. And by God, they made it. And they, you know, even Summers. Um, and the first thing he says in the commentary, the very first thing he says, he completely cops to the fact that when the movie was written, they were trying to get this draft in before the writer's strike. Then the writer's strike hit. They couldn't write on it. Then they were in production, and they were making it up as they go along. He makes no illusions about that. He admits it. They were completely just like, uh, come in, and you say something. And then halfway through shooting, they're like, you know what? We never – actually, you need to cover why you did that. So you need to say something about that. They literally were just like – and that's what that's more than anything else. That makes it an asylum movie with a budget. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were changing things in post. They were shooting inserts and redubbing. I want to and- see the behind-the-scenes yeah, documentary absolutely. to G.I. Joe now. And, it sounds uh, – it's like a big – it's like a 48-hour film that took months to shoot yes, and millions exactly. of dollars. It's a complete – you know, they just – it's literally, you know, a high-priced – pulled out of a high-priced ass. Just like, yeah, they're – it is and again who gives a fuck because it's fucking gi joe it's all it is it's all it needed to be it's just a big you know dumb commercial and you can tell because it has the hasbro fucking logo right <laughs> on it speaking of which you're at the point right after the paramount logo faded to black and right before the hasbro logo is about to fade up three two one on pause we can still stop we can I- still stop yeah. After writing, um, or not after writing, after I did, I had nothing to do with this. Uh, yeah, no, you might as well have. Really. After after uh, watching this, I actually wrote a blog post that this had inspired because I I, I tweeted about it and I was just like, "So GI Joe is totally dumb," um, and got a bunch of people. I, I got I got some people. Well, uh, talking about Transformers and other movies, whenever I would tweet about that or say it they're like what did you expect art and i'm like well, yes why uh, why not exactly that's not? that's my thing it's like why first of all i don't think that the the dichotomy but as i as i said in the the post i don't think the dichotomy when it comes to movies is art or insulting like i, I think <laughs> i think there's like what i call the i was saying there's a gray area in between it and i called the post the, the gray area talking about it and i was and what set me off a was a place someone, where sucker punch happily resides. Yeah, where someone, yes. where someone, gray area. someone tweeted me back, and I thought he was being sarcastic, but apparently he was he was being serious. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I was really surprised to find out that you know people hadn't used their GI Joes to reenact Shakespeare, uh, <laughs> just just like I did." And I was like, "All right, that's funny, but sorry. and no." So I wrote this whole thing, and he was like, "No, I really actually used to." He, he wrote me back. He's like, "I really actually used them to to reenact Shakespeare." I, totally I wasn't did. being sarcastic. I don't want to. I don't want to leave this pit without saying, "Hey, good for you, man." Yeah, fucking, fucking, yeah. But um, <laughs> hey, I sir, didn't do some, that shit. Some nasty shit goes down in Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my whole thing was, you know, yeah, that you can just be like, "It's GI Joe." What do you expect? It's like, sure, but at the same time. It's it's Pirates of the Caribbean. What do you expect? Like it's it's okay to make a good movie. <laughs> no one's expecting it, which is why it's great when you do because it just comes well, out of nowhere. Like, you have wow, the element of surprise. <laughs> exactly. Well, the comparison I was always made is like, well, what did you expect? Shakespeare. And the thing that people forget is that Shakespeare, Shakespeare was commissioned work. Yeah. Shakespeare was commissioned work, and Shakespeare had fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like hold on. It, this is genuinely horrifying. It's nasty. Good cold open. Yeah, I don't they, think they take. Would... For those of you that haven't and will never see this, they put a big iron mask in the fire, get it all orange hot, and then they put it on his face and clamp it down. Yeah, 
That's how you start your movie. And then uh, you do the title, and then you get a, a, sh- a shot of the city, and then you get the ninth doctor. Shit in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Yeah. Next, Sunday, Chris- AD. next Sunday, AD. And then you, you get- repeat to yourself, it's just a commercial. You should really just relax. Here comes Christopher Eccleston, who's Doctor Nine. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, I'm not- no, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, he, was the, he was the first of the more recent Doctors. I'm not, like I said, I'm not angry about, oh my god, this should have been good, or whatever. Because, no, it's G.I. Joe, and I'm like, all right, well, this is- Because it has is- white people in it, right? This is the level that you expect- of a GI Joe movie, but there's there's no reason they couldn't have transcended it. There's no Mike, reason they couldn't have figured out some, a story to o- tell. In some other universe, David Fincher made GI Joe. Exactly. And it's hold on. Amazing. Hold on. Exactly. Hold on. Hold on. No. Just for the sake of making an argument, which I'm just devil's advocating advocating at this point. But Mike, yeah, give me your pitch for a Monopoly movie. A Monopoly, which movie. is in production. Along with Ouija board and Battleship, right? Hasbro's just well, I need I, them down. I need a little time to think about that. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, let me give you. Let me give you. That was maybe too far of a jump. What could you do with a Barbie movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Action figures I for kids. Some, depends on I how cynical you're allowed to get. I got but some thoughts. Yeah, you could do it like uh, you do it like the Brady Bunch movie. You know, where she, where she is this anachronism living living in her own little perfect Barbie world that everyone looks looks in and goes, yeah. what the fuck is that? What Toy, is she doing? Toy Story kind of jumped that's, that shit. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, Toy Story already kind of used I just saw that, but... the Rock'em Sock'em Robots trailer with Hugh yeah. Jackman. Yeah. No, <laughs> wait, wait. Is that based on Rock'em Sock'em Robots? No. no, no it's called Real Steel. I was but fucking... The, the Monopoly on. movie, I actually heard a uh, a, a version that I, that I liked the idea of what they were doing. I, I, and I think it may have been wishful thinking just because Ridley Scott was attached to it, but like a a pseudo futuristic uh sort of blade runner type thing just about you know the intrigues of of these these monopolies. upper corporations these monopolies exactly and and how that goes I'm like okay that's just a premise it's not a story, but it's a premise you can build on certainly now if we were going to assume for the sake of a conversation that we're having that real steel is a rock'em sock'em robots movie, which it's not as far as I know. Uh, when the first trailer for Real Steel came out, it was just – it was like a teaser. It was – first of all, Real Steel is an awful title, and they're not doing themselves any favors by doing that title treatment they have where it's like mm-hmm. belted into the steel. Doom, doom, Real Steel. But I saw the first trailer, and it was the stupidest thing you've ever seen in your life, right? It was really <laughs> awful. And I'm looking at this like, there's actually a really great movie in there, and there's no chance they're going to do it. And then the full trailer came out, and it's like, oh, my God, it's Rocky with a robot. They're doing it. <laughs> This is, by the way, this was recorded at a time where we didn't know anything but a trailer, but I look at the full trailer where it's like Hugh Jackman coming out of his retirement to train the robot to fight. I'm like, guys, that sounds okay, doesn't it? That sounds cool. This could be okay. Is Aronofsky making this movie? What the hell? Structure, structurally, it's, it's like fucking, well, it's the least, it's the least obvious thing they could have done. They could have made Transformers or right. G.I. Joe, but it's like, no, robots are fine. We're not going to do a thing where it's like, we're introducing the robots to the culture. It's just, they're there, they box, but this one is a bum robot and he's going to teach him how to box again. I'm like... Oh my god, you're doing it with characters? Why would you do this with characters? Structurally, there is actually, from the based on the trailer that I saw, there is something there, because it's, it's a full-blown redemption tale, and the trailer shows you it's all the pieces. It's fucking Rocky, with robots. Yeah, yeah. Based on the trailer. But, uh, god, we're so dated. But if you actually listen to like the lines in the, in the trailer, it's, it's like every cliche possible yeah. line you can have. Yeah. Um, but from Rocky, not from Transformers. Like, what you, true. I need to prove something. Yeah. What are you trying to prove? You're a loser. It's, 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 first of all, it, and here's where I defend the movie again, not like, a, ooh, no, you guys are totally wow, wrong. It's a great bad. movie. Um, I, def- a- I, I defend the movie on the le- Yes, there are bad shots in it. I defend yeah. the movie on the level of the movie doesn't try and disguise the fact that it's this. 
and the first thing they do is look at the they cast an actual GI Joe doll nice. in the lead. <laughs> That's an actual action figure. That's a Muppet they've got up there. I looked at it was. You might be biased because you worked on Starship Troopers. It was one of those. Yeah. Well, no, that that movie was the same thing. That, that I I literally on the way over I was like checking because I'm like who the fuck are these people who are in this movie and I looked up Channing Tatum. He sounds like he should be a football player, uh, which he was. He went to school on an athletic scholarship. He was a male model who decided to get into acting. Oh. Cut to G.I. Joe. Right. That's his resume. He's been in some things. Um, but, yeah, he is literally an action figure. And uh, we'll get to the point We'll get to the point where I really officially said, okay, movie, I see what you're doing. I just wonder if you're doing it on purpose. Because there's a moment where I'm like, wow, that actually just happened. And uh, I mm. think – I wonder if they meant it or if they didn't realize it. But here – what? let me just be clear about my point here. Yeah, it's an awful movie. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. But I, I think we have to make sure that we have to place the blame where it goes. And the blame goes... To the people that said we should make an action figure movie. Literally, someone said, called Steven Summers and said, Hey, Joey just came in and took a dump on the conference. <laughs> <laughs> and we greenlit the son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we want to make it for like millions of dollars. And Summers like, well, I got that Van Helsing thing still around my neck. I need to make some money. He checks his watch. Yeah, I got time. I got the mortgage on the Malibu. Exactly. Home too, I got so, some time yeah. to make this. Oh you know, my. Make Look, this. that was great. It slow motions the air torpedoes just long enough for the pilot to go, oh my, oh god. my god, and then explode. Which means in real time yeah. he went. <laughs> no. Well, interesting. Actually, point uh, from the uh, com- from the commentary track was kind of interesting. Is those are actual uh, military pilots. Oh. Um, so it's actually they have a strange version. That's what I love about this movie is it's com- it's committed it to, to getting the details to authenticity. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. It's like a misplaced like yeah of all movies to like you know bring that to. It's like no, you really should have put like two girls in the cockpit. Going, <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> like if Sura gets brought in an AI guy yeah. for the wrong thing <laughs> yeah. to talk about coffee to talk or something. About, yeah. it's, a, it's a too little, too late, man. You're just focusing on the wrong details. All right. Yeah. So so Summers can make an action scene. I mean, he can stage an action scene. It's like drop this into any movie. It's a perfectly credible action scene you know okay fine but uh but anyway but back to the bigger point is i any movie can be good yes i totally agree any movie no matter what it's based on can also suck ass um yeah I agree summers summers points. points out what clearly was a major problem which is they started making this movie they had no goddamn script right. and he says that right up front it's like we were making this the, shit think, up as we yeah, went along i think the bigger problem on paper is that they went to production without a ready-to-go sixth draft. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the source material. Because, as we've pointed out, Pirates of the Caribbean was also a, kind of a rush job. Yeah. Aside from the fact that yeah, in no, production some, for 20 sometimes years. Sometimes the lightning strikes and sometimes it doesn't. Right, right, right. But, uh, you know, uh, everybody involved is you know, talented in their Although, way. If we'll, um, the film, it's, you know, it's, it's got the Hasbro logo on it. It's, we need another Transformers. We want to sell those G.I. Joe dolls we got you know, coming from China. And uh, so make a thing called G.I. Joe. I want to I introduce into the rest of this episode a comparison. And I'm trying to think of what a good adaptation of a previous property would be that was meant to be big blockbuster schlock, and a lot of people really like it regardless. Transformers. Transformers, yes, I agree with that. It's, it's the more obvious one, but I was going to go with Independence Day, yeah, which is a remake of War of the Worlds. Even though that's right. not as, as shitty and, and trite of a thing as an action figure, it's still, you know, it's an adaptation. And yeah, it's, yeah, big, it's, big, it's big. But the motivation is totally different, though. Okay, but well, as a resulting movie, setting aside the script issue, which is a problem, and we're going to just assume that we all know that it's a problem, that they went to production having maybe a draft or two, if anything. It is a big, like, it's supposed to be a turn your brain off, watch a movie type thing. What's the difference between this and Independence Day? Why, does, why is this one G.I. Joe LOL? 
And Independence Day, like, you know, I fucking like Independence Day. I, I, I do, too. This is a commercial. It's a commercial for toys. That is the creative force behind it. Fair enough. Is there Has there been a, a such a thing as a, you know, Hasbro-type movie that totally worked? I guess you could, I, you could draw a comparison to the social network and say, they're making a movie about Facebook. How do you do that? Well, they're you make it not about Facebook at all. Not, well, they're not advertising Facebook. It wasn't a movie commissioned by Facebook to Fair sell enough. Facebook to you. Is there? Can you guys think of a movie that exists in that paradigm that's... Even even exists in that paradigm, let alone is better or worse. That is a commercial, but it's Transformers still a is the one that comes to mind. Yeah, Transformers, yeah. which I would Transformers is the only one I could think of. That's a piece of crap. So you know, <laughs> they they totally equate. This is the Transformers. You know, broke the bank. Let's make more of that shit. Let's make more movies based on our toys. Mm. Yeah, hmm. um, I can't think of anything. So what what you're saying here is that crass commercialism and advertisement for material uh, merchandise. Not a good basis to tell stories from. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Is what we're learning? Because the point is not the story. The right. Sto- yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, the, the problem with this movie is the script, not the source material. You could make a... I can imagine five ways to make a great G.I. Joe movie. It's just it wouldn't be about G.I. Joe. But if the, if the source is toys, what's the point of G.I. Joe? Well, fucking, it's just toys. So no, we can I'm, do anything I'm, with that. What I'm getting at is the creative day-to-day decisions are not going to be based on what makes this a better movie. Right. It's like, what sells the toys? Fair enough. The reason the, the the reason that that's the reason behind the script problems, you know, yeah. they they went to they went to shoot without having a script. Nobody s- stood up and went, "Wait a second, this movie's not going to make any sense." And if someone did, they were like, "Who cares? As long as things blow up yeah, and like, we sell like toys. it has to." Like, yeah. like anyone can. Also, the fact that you know this this is a, a larger picture of movies as a commodity. You know, the release date was set. It's like, right. no, this movie, we have to start shooting here. And, you know, every movie was going through this during the writer's strike. It's, yeah. You know, and, and we had a, you know, a very crazy time where movies were either being rushed into production to beat the strike. And we saw a lot of bad movies result of that, regardless of their source material. And some movies went on hold for an entire year to ride out the strike and, you know, didn't get made for a year. You know, were delayed for a year. This one they pushed ahead with, um, you know, and just kind of rushed it and slapped it all together. In that case, there's sort of a weird semi-ethical question which is is there any more inherent virtue in doing a crass piece of work like G.I. Joe than there would be for a crass piece of work like The Fast and the Furious one's an original thing one's not they're both exploiting an audience one is guys who want to see cars go boom and see tits and one is kids who grew up with G.I. Joe toys is there anything better about making Fast and the Furious I mean the only thing I can come up with is well yeah an original like, original story is good but that's on paper. I mean at the end of the day is there anything inherently like better anything, about this project than about it's Fast and more Furious? No, like more noble intrinsically about the endeavor? I mean cuz ultimately it's setting out to add something to the world not repeat something. Ultimately, well, ultimately when you're set out to make one of these movies ideally you're setting out to tell the best story you can and if we call Fast if whether, we call Fast and the Furious Hot Wheels the movie <laughs> would it be any better or worse? Or I don't think it would be any better or worse or different. Yeah, you know, it might yeah. as well have yeah. been. Except, and here's the thing, you know, as bad as studio decision making is, and as much here's as the it, shot you were talking about. As, yeah, Stephen Summers goes, yeah, this shot not good. Um, so it's not like he doesn't know, and uh-huh. you know, it's like, hey, I made Moby Dick, and I'm not going to say all those yeah. shots were awesome. You know, it's like there's a whole lot of things that go on. Don't buy into the Entertainment Weekly. The director is God. It's like Jim Cameron is God. The rest of us are just <laughs> trying to get through the day. You know, and we're answering to a bunch of people who don't have nearly as much talent as you'd like to think they do. Um, so my answer to the question uh, is, is, as bad as it is to have to deal with studio suits and all the horror stories that you've heard about, people are in charge of making movies who don't know how to make movies. Imagine if you also have to answer to the toy company, Fox. 
And they're the ones also in the meetings going, yeah, but you see, Snake needs to have a glossy thing because next week at ToyCon we're coming out with a whole new Chrome version, so you got to have that. You know, that's the extra level of horseshit that gets added on to you as a guy trying to make a creative story when you're making a movie like this. It would be interesting, and this is fantasy, to assume a world where the toy companies are interested in what the filmmakers are doing. Where they say, for instance, holy shit, Pixar's making a movie about cars. We should make toys. As opposed to the other thing. And obviously, it's, be- it's, it's not born there. It's born elsewhere. It's born from name recognition, not from the toys. Well, that's, that's it's it's it born because the toys sold. It's not because there are toys. It's everyone like those toys. We should make a thing. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, imagine, for instance, Real Steel. I got 20 bucks says they're going to make toys out of that. Tron wasn't an existing property at the time, and they didn't really even do toys at the time. But right now you go to Toys R Us, there's a Tron aisle of people selling light cycles and weird the light disc frisbees and shit like that. Go back to the mother of them all. Go back to Star Wars. Star Wars, they made toys out of that. And that's the the Star Wars changed the world by having having studios go the money. To stay in my point, there's an even bigger Star Wars aisle. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. It'd just be cool if that was the case. Obviously, it's not. I wonder how long... It used to be. It's not anymore. This is going to be our existential down in front where we're talking about franchise properties. Uh, the grander philosophy of yeah, American yeah, yeah. corporate. And I'm down for that highway. because if you wanted a G.I. Joe commentary, go to hell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, we'll get into that, too. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a lot of G.I. Joe here to, to talk about. about. I just want to jump back and, and concrete something of the movie is, uh, you know, this blonde chick, I was so happy when she died. Oh, my <laughs> God. Because all the women are lame. They look great in the outfits, but she was like, every time she opened her mouth, I was like, oh, why don't you just die? And then when they actually ran a knife through her, I was like, sweet, sweet, I got my wish. Perfect movie. Already a perfect movie. <laughs> Excellent. This, for example, here, that whole, the, 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 the Deathly Hollows there, the, the invisibility yeah. cloak, they do absolutely nothing of any value with that. They have a brief moment later and where it's on. They- it's Chekhov's gun if Chekhov had Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, the gun, yeah. Which, um, is, which is a thing on the TV tropes. It's uh, Ch- Chekhov's forgotten gun. When you, uh, you set Chekhov, it up Chek- and don't pay it off? Chekhov's MIA, I believe, is what it's called. <laughs> nice. When you set something up and then don't pay it off. Now, for example, this, red, this red-haired girl. Uh, oh look. my God! Cisco Telephonics. Did you see that? No, there's a yeah. Cisco ad right in it too. Yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't. And there's another one too. There's another uh, computer company that gets a plug in here as well. The the redheaded girl is the um, is the Orion from. She's the, the Orion from Star Trek. She's also one of uh, Charlie Wilson's office girls in Charlie Wilson's War. Mm. Um, and I watched this movie and I'm like, wow, she's a nice suit to hang the costumes on. You know, <laughs> yeah. not realizing I've seen her in two other movies in the past three weeks and had no recognition of her in that movie whatsoever because that's how good an actress she is and what uh-huh. an impression she leaves. Um, you know, and she's got a thankless role. And then Sienna Miller, I mean, this funny thing about Sienna Miller, and, and again, even Stephen Summers says this. They said, they suggested Sienna Miller for the part. Um, I had just seen Sienna Miller literally a week ago in a movie. Didn't connect the two at all. She's in Stardust, actually. She's in Stardust, um, which I finally checked out. But um, even Stephen Summers says, when they, they suggested Sienna Miller for the role, he says, I really only knew about her from the tabloids, which immediately made me run to the Google to go, that's where I know that name from. Sienna Miller was uh, Jude Law's fiance, and then after they got engaged, he admitted that he had had affair with his nanny of his children, and they broke up. And he's then, Gigolo Joe, man. Yeah, exactly. What do you expect from Jude Law? For him? He's Jude Law. He's not settled for one woman. But anyway, her personal life. She's much more famous for like her personal life and you know being photographed topless, kissing a married guy, and so on. I'm like, oh, okay. So she is that. She's a good actress. But uh, <laughs> but you know, also looks good in the outfit and. You can't tell from this movie if she's a good actress or not. And I think she she looks good. No, I mean, um, there's good actors and actresses 
all over this place. And you know who you know who is a good actor who's my least favorite is Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Dennis Quaid is pushing it way too hard. It's like, dude, you you already came in being Dennis Quaid. You don't have to like Quaid it up. Yeah. You can just. But uh, again, fun fact from the from the real commentary and how movies get made. Um, Dennis Quaid did this movie. Two guesses. Three guesses. You only need one. Money. Kids love GI Joe. He, uh, uh, his, his kid heard that G.I. Joe was being made in a movie. Dad, you should totally be in G.I. Joe. And so he tells the story. Where he called up Stephen Summers and goes, okay, look, don't tell your representatives. Don't tell my representatives, but I have to do this movie because my, <laughs> kid, my kid wants me to be in this movie. Again, that's the level of decision-making right. that affected the creative decisions <laughs> of this movie. It's like, yes, these, literally, this, literally some of the major casting choices were being made by children. Uh, so there you go. There's a Dennis massive – took this on the recommendation. On tvtrips.org, which, I, again, I keep forgetting to introduce it because Mickey's not here, and <laughs> she's the one who remembers. And that's her job. Uh, the, it's um, stupid, but she's going to do it. What's interesting <laughs> is that Chekhov's gun is an established uh, concept in screenwriting theory. And if you go to Chekhov's gun on tvtrips.org, these, uh, there's a list of things that are related. Like, But this variation of Chekhov's gun is this and this and this and this. I, I was looking through it. I don't see one yet, and it, it's not – necessarily their fault i might just either not be reading it or not see it on this list where the brian give me give me one sentence on chekhov's gun chekhov's gun is a is a famous quote by chekhov who's a playwright that says if you put a gun on the mantelpiece of a play in the first act by the end of the second act that gun will go off so the, the principle is you're not showing the audience any detail that you don't intend to use later on right now there's and brian referred to chekhov's mia which is not it's not what we're thinking of we were going to say the invisibility cloak doesn't really ever come back in any meaningful way so it's like we have an invisibility cloak why are you showing that oh i bet you in the third act there's going to be an invisibility cloak scene but there's not we're saying what's what is that when it's a chekhov's what and you're saying it's, that's not? Check off MIA on tvtropes.org. Is in any, uh, it refers to TV shows mostly because it's, uh, it's, it's a long draw on your Chekhov's thing. In any sufficiently long-running series, if a main character's initial backstory includes a friend, relative, or beloved who is absent but not dead, then that person will eventually show up. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, yeah. sort of like, it's sort of like a long pull on a Chekhov's gun. I didn't see one that says the guy introduces the gun and then in the third act... He they never go back to the mantle yeah, think, to get it. I think that's just a failure of <laughs> Chekhov's bad, gun. Really. Bad screenwriting is all they yeah. Now, for example, this, of course, is uh, you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Spoiler. In the chat room, Matt Veda is like, oh, my God, I'm doing it. I'm reading the damned computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the one who seems to me to be having the most fun in this movie. By the way. He's not like, only... I get to be the bad guy in a cartoon yeah. with yes. my face Why covered not? so no one knew it was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Later on, he's going to reveal. Now, first of all, I, I don't remember Cobra Commander because I'm just not the G.I. Joe guy. Second of all, I was surprised to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the behind-the-scenes back – or not the behind-the-scenes, the backstory shit. Third of all, I had no idea he was Cobra Commander. Fourth of all, it took me a lot of searching to find out, okay, who really did the voice? Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a talking voice, and then Cobra Commander is like, this talking guy is like this and the other. I'm like, but that doesn't sound anything. He is, sounds yeah. more like Freddy yeah. than uh, anything else. But uh, as far as I've been able him. to find, sure it's him. I think yeah. it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing yeah. that voice. Yeah, I don't, he's just why wouldn't would he? If I, if I was going to yeah. take it just that role, I'd like be him. like, I well, am going good. to do that role. Well, here's another thing that struck me, and now we can get into some of the bigger picture issues, uh, is, is the idea of, uh, again, Summers talks about, Apparently, if I'm getting this correctly, because you said you didn't have any idea, apparently that's not, and I can't believe this word is even applicable here. Here we go. Canon. Oh, there it is. <laughs> for G.I. Joe, because, uh, you know, that that apparently is something that they did in the screenwriting. <clears throat> the idea that 
her long lost brother is Cobra Commander is like a ooh, like this will oh. really shake things up. Yeah, um, boy, that really got their attention on the GI Joe boards. Well, here's the thing, and he says that because he and he says that you know, boy, they were and another thing he points out is the the power suits that the tra- first trailer came out. And there was a oh power. Oh, I remember that. The power suits, a... and everyone like lost, and everyone lost their minds over. And they had to go. No, no, lost their minds. But here's the, here's the, again, my perspective is totally different than the fans. Is uh, you know, he said they had to like reassure them, like, no, no, they don't wear the power suits all the time. And my thought, just not, long enough for you to want the toys. Not knowing the backstory of this, my thought is the power suits are yet another Chekhov's gun. It's like. Why don't they keep wearing those extremely useful suits for the rest of the movie and they never wear them again? So, so, but here's the part that shocked me is they talked about, you know, the G.I. Joe fans. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> There's fans of this? Um, and uh, for, uh, first of all, as we know from, uh, you know, when you're adapting something, um, when someone on the internet uh, is a fan of something and posts in the chat room, uh, as a filmmaker, it is your duty to go, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Tell him to go screw himself. We're making a movie. Is that what you say to Edgar Wright? <laughs> I haven't adapted an Edgar Wright uh, project yet. Nah. But um, Edgar Wright should have said, fuck that guy to the Scott Pilgrim. To the Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim yeah. Um, That's what I was referring to. But, uh, but here's the other thing. is Everybody who like, talks about what G.I. Joe is, fuck you guys. <laughs> you guys are talking about little fucking pansy action figures that are this tall. I had goddamn G.I. Joe. He's this big. <laughs> He's this big, he's fully articulated, and he's got a Jeep that's bigger than your car. That's G.I. Joe. And they came out with these little fucking toys in the 70s and called it G.I. Joe. If there had been an internet, <laughs> my posts would still be legendary about that horse shit. And then I, it turned into this whole cartoon bullshit. It's just like... Wait a second. Does anybody else feel a little uncomfortable right now? No, yeah. I'm curious. I was about to assume that you're not a G.I. Joe guy. Because my assumption was G.I. Joe... You're not a G.I. Joe guy is my point. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's my thing. I, my assumption, I have I have Dorkman's Reese's Pieces thing from E.T. where it's like, I thought G.I. Joe was a toy they came up with in the 80s. G.I. Joe is this tall. He's an American fucking soldier. He doesn't have super weapons. He's a fucking guy in camos. He's a G.I. He's a G.I. His yeah. name is Joe. He's a 60s carnation, and I had one, and I also had a Daniel Boone, which is basically a G.I. Joe and a Daniel Boone outfit. It's the same guy. We all know. But, um, you know, but still, it was cool. Uh-huh. But, uh, G.I. So Joe Trey's, a, some... Trey's relationship with this movie is like Trey's relationship with Star Trek The Next Generation. Exactly. It's uh-huh. like, no, this is already based on a fucked up concept. Actually, he was mo- well, he's more defensive about this than he is about Because uh, G.I. Joe was awesome, man, and you have no idea, all right? <laughs> you don't know. Me and Joe were I've together before I've never seen this version of Trey. I've never seen the fuck your toys. My toys were better, Trey. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, no. You're right, Trey. When fanboys get overexcited about <laughs> yeah. things, it's really unflattering. Look, <laughs> look, I'm doing a bit, okay? Just roll with me here, all right? Just yeah. All right, so, like, this pirate. Like you're scared. <laughs> so, um, but here's the thing. The other thing that I thought when I realized that they were doing this whole, uh, the cartoon is basically what this, the canon is from, right? The whole That's why they created a storyline to, to hang all this stuff else. on, yeah. I, when I finally, I, I would see, I would see glimpses of, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd see glimpses of the cartoon. And I also, I, I took a real exception to the cartoon too, because the thing that I noticed from the cartoon, not that I saw enough to get involved in what the big story was, but the thing that I objected to with the cartoon is every scene, every scene I seem to see was like a big flying machine comes in this way with full of bad guys in masks and a big flying machine full of GI Joes come in and they blaze guns at each other and everything explodes and falls to the ground and everybody, good guy and bad, then gets up and dusts themselves off and goes, "Phew, that damn! Was I close. thought that was closer." <laughs> yeah, and I think, and that's that's why we're fucking in Iraq right now, man. Because a generation of kids think that when your vehicle blows up, you go, 
next time, Cobra Commander, instead of going home in a body bag. So, Guys, this is the first time we've seen it. But G.I. Joe raped Trey's childhood. Yeah. 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 Totally did. And you guys don't even know. You don't even have the perspective to recognize that your G.I. Joe. Let me raped tell you the conspiracy G. that G.I. Joe is trying to lay on That's you. That's right, exactly. I'm not going to go so far as to be the left. It doesn't the surprise lefty. me because the later G.I. Joe's got really like roided out and so <laughs> yeah. old G.I. Joe exactly. didn't stand a chance. I'm still yeah, reeling from I'm still he was reeling twice as big as them. I'm still reeling from the idea that G.I. Joe wasn't a, like a seventies, eighties thing. I thought it was yeah. a No, look at oh, actually, look I thought it was they, little I, nine inch figures. And they reference it. No, he's he's just literally Foot and a half. And and like it, only a few my I never had the Jeep. And I'm still I'm sorry, man. I'm but sorry. the Jeep was this big because Joe was this big. He Three and a half, four foot. was this big. Yep. A friend of mine had the Jeep. It was awesome. I mean, I'm trying to give you guys the there, sizes he's doing with there his hands. There are three feet. It's three feet, three feet across. Um, there are. It's a sad but true thing that there are going to be in 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 attics across this great nation of ours. There are. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't even get to this. Roll, roll with it. <laughs> hang in, hang in. Da, 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 yeah, play. Da, da. Can I have some background for this? Let me just tell you things. America, Whoa, take notice. In, in Addicts Across This Great Nation of Ours, there are 8mm movies of real-sized G.I. Joes in real Jeeps going off of cliffs on fire. And we're never going to see those videos because no one is ever going to pull those out and put them on YouTube the way they should. Storming the beaches of the sandbox. Yes, storming the beaches of, you know, Inglewood, California in 1972 on 8mm film. And we should see those movies and we should make a campaign and we should stand up and rise up. And tell people to go into their attics and find that footage because I assure you it's there. I didn't know you knew that much of the national anthem. <laughs> I actually did dada dada for most of it. That's good because that way it didn't step on my uh, my my screed. But. And they even they make one reference to it. They talk about uh, Jimmy uh, <laughs> in, the the chat, guy, in the chat. They're all like manly tears. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sobbing, but in a totally job, not Dodson. gay way. Um, but the the guy who's not Jamie Foxx, but you know they couldn't get Jamie Foxx. That guy, uh, the Wayans, they got a Wayans. Yeah. Um, you know he, he he makes a joke about yeah, look at you guys, you all got lifelike hair and kung fu grip. That is a complete reference right, 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 to yeah. the original GI Joe. Well, he said that he said that on the on the thing, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt was just like, you should marry him. He's a real American hero. <laughs> nah. <laughs> can I get uh, can I can I throw in a I note? like Joseph Gordon-Levitt by the way. I do too. I, I, I think he's I would like to uh, I like everybody. I don't dislike anyone any less for having showed up in this movie. Even Brendan Fraser who who did it you know, uncredited because he's he's the Chekhov's gun actually. Brendan Fraser. Hmm. That they brought him in because at all. He, wa- he just wanted to be in on it. There was no role for him. He's only in the scene he's in. And it's one of those things that's like, well, Brendan Fraser's going to come back, right? Because you wouldn't just have him Because it's Brendan Fraser. Yeah, you wouldn't have him be in one scene. I would like to it buy controlling... It would be like Gary Sinise in Green Mile, right? No, you wouldn't just be there for one scene. Yeah. I would like to buy controlling interest away from Hasbro and add a note. Uh, instead of J.I. Joe, can we take the same plot, another draft or two, um, make it Buzz Lightyear? There you go. Huh? Maybe? Yeah. I want to see a bunch of Buzz Lightyear guys. People from the Gamma sector of the sibling quadrant, or whatever it was, he said. You're a sad, strange little person. (laughs) You are. You are a toy! Also, one more thing. Channing is not a boy's name. (laughs) Channing is not a name. Yeah. What what is Channing? Carol Channing. Stalker Channing, Carol Channing. How do you Chan something? Carol Channing. Because it sounds like it's a verb. But what 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 is the verb of? There's there's him and Tu Chan, like Four Chan. There he is. Basically, Brendan Fraser for no particular. If you go to anonymous rallies, you are Channing. 
Brendan right. Fraser makes me want to miss. Brendan if you post "Go Say" on the internet, you are chanting. Someone send me the American anthem. <laughs> if you no. oh say can you oh say chant. If you make you a see? if you make a thing about <laughs> Batman and Ice Cube, you are chanting. Oh say chant go see by the dawn's early, by the dawn's early can has yeah, cheeseburger. Yeah. By the way, uh, Snake Eyes there is what Ray Park. Is, yes, your friend Ray Park. Friend Ray Park. He was. Uh, we were working on. Um, Developing descendants, which isn't going to happen, at least not my version. But, but Ray Parker's in this shit. Ray Park was Ray Park was going to. You know, I heard he learned wushu for this movie on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> but he was he actually he he went just as I we were. Phantom Medicine, where wushu is. As as we were um, working on that and developing it, he went to shoot GI Joe, and actually. Uh, Dave McCumber from um, Duality. Max Fears? No, 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 no. That's Kurt something or other. Yeah. Um, Dave McCumber was... was 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 Duality and also the du- one he did, but he never finished it. Clone something. Uh, I don't know. McCumber. But, um, I know he name, he was. If you recall from the early two thousands, that one fan film that was all cool and it had a CG ship in it. Well, that's it was all, it was all on yeah. blue screen. It yeah, was yeah. all on blue screen. Yep. Um, Lord Rive. Lord Rive. That was his. That's right. His name. But um, holy shit, man! He worked on Good the. Wow. He he worked on uh on this as as part of the stunt team, so he actually got in touch with me. He's like, Hey man, what's going on? Uh, I'm working with Ray Park and he knows you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much cooler what than is, I thought. What is going on? Um <laughs> although he had he, Ray had um uh, w- I think it was right after we shot our little trailer thing, and he had like twisted his ankle, so he was like giving me shit. He's like, "You gave him to me broken. You gave me a broken GI Joe. <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> but um, here's what I love about LA is that we were working on our buddy Chad. Chad's been on a couple, I think, episodes of Down at Front so far. Uh, he has a feature that's about to be released somewhere somehow called Apocalypse California. We were doing the effects, me and Ryan Weber and Matt Veda, uh, and there was someone else, but I can't remember. I think. The um, we were working on the effects for that, and our buddy Steve came over, Steve Reedy from the Fountain Commentary, and we all walk over to Paquito Mas, which is our local, you know, stand and grill Mexican place, right? We just go in, we're gonna get our thingy, and we're gonna just chill for an hour before going back to work. And Ray Park is there, mm. and everyone in the group knew Ray Park from something else, <laughs> and Ray Park knew all of them from various random shit. Uh-huh. So five people that Ray Park knows. Who he didn't know all knew each other, just walk into the bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he thinks we're punking Wait, him. I know this joke. How does it end? And the, and the chicken says, you don't come here to hunt, do you? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that how it goes? A horse walks into a bar and asks the bartender for a drink. The bartender, realizing the danger of the situation, says you should leave. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, G.I. Joe, w- we were very excited when he got cast as Snake Eyes in G.I. Joe because we didn't know at the time. Uh, <laughs> and we, we, thought, we thought, oh, my God, this is going to be great because, you know, he's a supporting role in this and then he's going to be a lead. In, in Descendants, so he's like in a, he's like the Wolverine of GI Joe. Like <laughs> he's gonna blow up. It's gonna be great. And not only did GI Joe tank at you know at the box office, essentially it may have it, done it, well. It opened its, it I, opened this weekend on top. On top. Did it? Did yeah. it? Oh, I thought I think it, I think I, it made like forty in its opening weekend. It was a big deal. Say, but did, did it tank? Did it? Did it Look make back? Up. I think it was. I should check, check box office Here. mojo. Yeah, double check. I'll, double I'll check. Do I'll, do I'll do that I'm, right now, Brian. I'm, check it. I may be wrong, but uh, it's, it certainly wasn't a blockbuster at yeah. the very least. But I, not only I, that, but he's like blockbuster. Not only that, but he was so he's so underutilized in this. Yeah. Did you see so X Men? Completely under. Oh yes, yeah. But but I thought, uh, all right, he's gonna kick ass in this, and everyone's gonna everyone's gonna love it, and they're gonna want to see him as a lead, and we're gonna get to make our movie. <laughs> Did you see and Phantom? That, they replaced his help. voice. Look here, Samuel Jackson's purpose in a movie is to yell at someone, and Ray Park's purpose in a movie is to be underutilized. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that's is true. Job. That's that's why we thought he was towed in X Men. He died like a bitch. That's why he we, was 
fucking Darth Maul, the coolest looking villain since Vader, and they replaced his voice and dispatched of him in the first yeah, movie. Yeah. They did replace his voice with a guy from Space and yeah. Shaun of the Dead, so we have to give him that's, points for that. Who did the voice of Darth Maul? The, uh, the, the roommate in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Peter Serafinowicz. Oh my god. No, that's not Pete. true. Yeah. Pete, the guy that's upstairs. impossible. <laughs> they, they, they make they make reference to it in Spaced. Yeah, he says soon we will have our revenge in Spaced. That's the oh, same guy. Shit. Yeah, he was the voice. But uh, yeah, what so the hell. So well, I couldn't have we gone too very... badly because there is a GI Joe two. Yeah, they are making a sequel. I'll be over uh, here dealing Steven with that information. Domestic yeah. is one fifty, and then the production yeah. budget was oh one seventy five. Holy shit! 175 million to how make you, the movie. How do you spend yeah. 175 million dollars <laughs> yeah. on this? I'll tell you See? how. You have a release date and no script when you start shooting, <laughs> and you go, ILM can make it work somehow. Let's just do this. I don't they think ILM worked on this. ILM over there, put the plot. I actually, ILM may not have. But I think it's. It, I know DD did. It does have everybody else. I mean, the, the credits go on and on. I just God, wanna, why do we keep doing that? I just we're wanna, so sorry, yeah, everyone else. Sorry, ILM for blaming <laughs> you. No, I, I no digital domain did. Yes, digital domain did. Yeah, ILM probably not. Um, I just want to point out, uh, of course, Arnold Vosloo. I mean, everyone Stephen Summers ever worked with is in this movie. Oh, yeah. um, but I just want to point out, there, there, there's a scene we were talking over it, uh, talking about the other stuff. But there's a scene that already passed, which is at what point, you know, I don't know if they did it on purpose or if they just happened to sort of stumble into it. But it was the, oh, now here's where they finally kill off the blonde, and that's I'm so happy. I literally was happy when she got stabbed. I'm like, sweet, they okay. I don't remember her being a big enough character to. It's like be she, she has by three it. lines, and every time she opens her mouth, you go, oh, why don't you just die? Because she really just doesn't credibly. <laughs> Holy deliver shit! Anything. But the I just want to point out something because we always talk about structure and the hero's journey. The scene that we just had before this uh, takes off. Um, where they completely now not every movie has to be the hero's journey, but they actually took the hero's journey and they inverted it, which I think is either consciously or maybe purely by accident tells you what to expect for the rest of the movie. It says, okay, look, if you didn't get what we were doing, can we just spell it out for you? Because at the moment in a hero's journey movie, which you would think this would be, you know, this should be a by the numbers hero's journey, you would think, because it seems to be about heroes. He would have refused the call. He would have refused the call and then had to go on the... Instead of a refusal of the call, he goes, I want to be on the team. I want to be on the team. I want to be on the team. Well, we don't know if you can be on the team. I want to be on the team. <laughs> and then at the point where you go, well, the hero has to go on the journey and begin the, the, the trip down the path, even though he's not fully ready and his skills aren't fully developed. They go, oh, no, he's the best we've ever seen. He has the most amazing skills. He's better than, he's better than the rest of the team. I mean, he's – Holy he's, shit, we found Jesus. He's testing higher than anyone else we've ever had. Holy shit, we found Yoda. So it's like, well, wait a minute. So he, he, he's invincible already. He's better than the team they have. Well, and he, found wants, he wants to do this. Um, so I think as far as storytelling, we're done. We, we finished telling the story. We're 30 minutes in. The story's over. The rest of it is just going to be literally Stephen Summers with a tabletop full of action figures going. And he goes, doosh, doosh. And then he comes in a submarine and yeah. boom. We were, we were saying before, it's literally you can see him sitting down playing with action figures being like, okay, and and these guys are friends. And, and this, she, he's br- her brother and disappeared behind the, the and then, shoebox. And then, the and then a producer walks yeah. in and says, no, Stephen. These guys are friends. Yeah. And Stephen says, uh, "Boom! No, no, boom, 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 no, boom." No, yeah. no. But they, well, they used to be friends. But then, oh, she's in love with this guy. Oh, that's great! And, then, and oh my god, and that's and, a good boom. And if, <laughs> and they're, but they're actually this guy is this guy. 
That's oh. this guy is the sea. He takes his helmet and, off, and it's the other guy. And the DP is in the corner, going, "Uh huh." Yeah, yeah. taking notes and all uh-huh. that. And, uh, <laughs> and as we were talking earlier, it's like, and then they should have started mixing it up because uh, no, like just then, like any little then, kid. And then Boba Fett comes in, <laughs> and Boba Fett is like, "Douche, douche, 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 douche." And then, and then, and then, St- Lightning McQueen drives up, and they all jump in <laughs> Lightning McQueen, <laughs> and they drive. Across and the then he races uh, up to his prime. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, and if Yoda says, "No, no, no, no," if if you know there was the thirty minute point where they're like. Story's over and it began to devolve into chaos like that. I think I would love this movie. That is exactly what happens. If, so. Well, no, but if if literally it began, it turned into like if uh, they literally blended franchises. If it, if it turned into like a, a last action hero where there was a cartoon character, <laughs> it became and, meta, and Boba Fett literally just started buzzing in and stuff. I'm like, I see what's that, happening. That actually here. would be pretty tasty. <laughs> I would be. That would be the only way to make it more perfect. Yeah. Actually, that would make it less perfect because then it would be a better movie and this, that was not the goal here. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. I did some IMDb to find out who did the effects. And on uh, my way to that information, I, start, I came across something kind of startling. Huh. You know who did the score for this movie? I'll give you a hint. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Da, da, da. Silvestri, yeah. Alan Silvestri did the score for this movie. Very memorable mm. it is, too. My God. Anyway. Can I just say, we were also talking, uh, and we'll, we'll get more of it, but the, um, like I was saying, I, I find uh, Ray to be incredibly underutilized, which I guess is his function. Um, <laughs> Ray underutilized Park. He's, he's, but he, you know, he's so good and so talented, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing that the other guy that is uh, Storm Shadow, right? Is the other yes. character's name? Yeah. God, you're such a normal. Uh, he... Uh, I'm sure he's he's w- quite talented too, and and they were probably doing very cool stuff on the set, and it's not shot well at all, and you can't see what's going on; it's all cut around. But the funny thing is, th- it it cuts back to those two characters, you know, when they met as kids, and there's a fight scene in the kitchen that's kind of awesome. Those are those kids are both like champions. Yeah, and yeah, they're, they're they're doing it. You they're- can well, you can tell that they're good, and also because none of the main, uh, you know. None of the main actors are in it. I watch and I go, I bet that was second unit, and that's why it's good. Because <laughs> someone on that unit actually knows how to shoot action. Here's the here's the Chekhov's gun being misused. It's like you know she puts she, oh she's got an invisibility cloak ah something interesting will come of this. Uh, she will kick her once face kick, and then <laughs> and then two seconds later Sienna Miller will go ah let me throw oil on you and defeat that and then oh okay I guess you've. That's all there anyway, is then. It's on, the, uh, on the subject of who did a uh, visual effects shit, looks like Halon did the previous, and good for them. Halon and uh, Third Floor are the two uh, previous companies I know that do a lot of stuff. I see CIS. I see MPC. I see uh, Cafe and Digital Domain. Digital Domain did a lot of stuff on this, actually. Framestore was involved. Um, and some random other companies that did uh, Roto and stuff. Framestore is always involved. Yeah, that seems like. Framestore does a lot, man. Well, who else is going to hold your frames? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here's I'm going to pour one out for my Framestore he- peeps. Pour. <laughs> Thank you, Framestore. <laughs> wow. And other random uh, companies. Look, there's Frantic, Boba Fett. Frantic, yeah, <laughs> there's Boba Fett. Okay. Frantic pack. Films did a bunch of work on this. That's, I've never heard of them. That's his jetpack. He, he took it off Bo- his Boba yeah. Fett figure and Literally, put it on and Storm Shadow. Right, and then right, they right, right. the guy <laughs> and stuff. And yeah, zoom, zoom, and they fly. And, and then they go up into, um, into and he's reaching around in the toy box, into, into... Into oh, anyway. um, into the thing from uh, Incredibles! Yay! <laughs> anyway, I would um, I would have said the uh, the landing craft from Aliens. Yeah, That's there you go. And then they up to, and they go up to the Sulaco. No, they don't. It looks like it's mostly a uh, DD and Cafe. Uh, also, you know, Pacific Title was involved, but they seem to be involved in everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty and, much. And um, 
Oh and my CIS God. Hollywood. Jonathan Price. What is you doing here? <laughs> He's American now, apparently. <laughs> we know you're British. Yeah. You can't fool us. <laughs> it's, Show us the birth certificate. This is one of those great movie logic things. So Dennis Quaid, the, the bad guys came in and killed everybody. They slashed Dennis Quaid across the chest, which put him into a coma. And when, <laughs> he, and when he comes back tomorrow, he's going to be in a wheelchair and have a limp. <laughs> <laughs> That's how solid they were about this movie when they made this movie. They had every detail worked out, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's asylum logic right That's there. That's totally asylum. asylum. I t- it's an asylum movie with a hundred hundred seventy five million dollars. Good God! Which is like that should be. There should be like. No, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I. I. I do think we have too much government regulation, but there needs to be a fucking law <laughs> that you can't do that that you can't. I mean, I think we need to have a government branch that says, "Can I see, before we approve." Any budget over $100 million for any motion picture made in the continental United States, we do need to see a draft of your script. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we need to see what you're actually going to put on the screen yeah. with that yeah. money. My, thi- my thing is, and there's always, you know, there's inflation and stuff like that, but generally speaking, I'm like, they made each Lord of the Rings movie for $100 million apiece. Yeah. If you have to spend more than that on whatever you're doing, <laughs> yeah. and you're not creating an entire world, you're yeah. doing something wrong. Yeah. We, uh, we Chronicles of Reddit. Your argument is invalid. Yes, exactly. Exactly. They did. We they did had build an entire world, so fair enough. Yeah. But and, yes, and, if there were a law, if there were a law, we, we, here comes, we here comes the, the actual cool action scene because someone knew what they were doing. And as we said, there's the the world creation in in Chronicles of Reddit is quite good. Yeah. Just the rest of it isn't. Yeah, the world there just wasn't a world worth visiting. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, even or a world that was treated. Yeah. In the first movie, even looking at the IMDb trivia for this movie, there's just like. Nothing. <laughs> it's just on IMDb, the IMDb trivia, literally. The bowl of rice weighed 47 yeah. kilos. The, 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 the IMDb Duty was originally named Lamont Morris, but the name was changed to Herschel Dalton. However, his code, name, code number, blah, 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 contains Morris's initials. When the IMDb him. trivia has become the most boring minutes of a meeting you've ever heard. <laughs> Jesus yeah. No, the IMDb trivia, like, halfway through is, the original The original name for the character was, oh, fuck it. Yeah. It's like, literally. Now, again, even Steven Summers. <laughs> and it's a link to, like, YouTube. Summers says that, you know, the thing, this, this scene was kind of in and out and in and out and in and out because he goes talking about again Chekhov's gun and just basic movie storytelling it's like so basically um, we recognized that we had come up with this lengthy sequence that told the backstory of two minor supporting characters and we're spending this much screen time on it but it was cool so I figured we'd probably leave it in uh, you know, that's <laughs> there's your storytelling yeah. logic. This know. is, I mean, the, this scene is a great deal more cutty than I like, but at least there's choreography, and you can you can understand the flow of one moment to the yeah. next. You know, there's a there's a, a, a secondary flashback. It's it's a little bit later when they they revisit these two kids, where the 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 kid in the in the dark outfit there. He uh, they're they're fighting with um, first they fight with nunchucks and then they fight with uh, uh, sword versus uh, whatever those batons are. You know they're like police batons. You know with the oh a tonfas and uh, and the kid drops the the other kid and then does a pose and I'm like no he knows how to, he he's, oh, yeah. he knows what he's doing yeah. <laughs> like, he hits the pose I'm like even if he spent like. I got cast in a movie. I have three months to learn to do that pose. It's like, no, he, he actually was even better than that. Yeah. Like, he knew the pose already because he actually can do this shit. I don't know the movie well enough to know when, what's coming, or who's anyone, who anyone's name is. So let's just go ahead and make a standing thing. TVTropes.org is awesome. It's Teague's fault that he can't find tropes. 
<laughs> Isn't there a page for G.I. Joe in this? There's a thousand. Okay, yeah. I'll read you one right now. This literally is a stack of tropes. For, for instance, and I, I, don't know who, I don't know who Anna is, but there's a trope called Anna Paint It Black. on the right. Anna was a pretty blonde woman, and when she turns evil, she becomes a sexy, dangerous brunette. Yeah. That's a trope. But I don't know who she is. Is that her? She's, that's, that's her. her. The sexy that's dangerous. Oh, because she's all. Because when we flash back and we she's, see, yeah, she's the blonde girl that he used to be engaged to. Now, and apparently, at the end of this movie, there's a power walk, which is they walk badassly. Oh, sure. That, Shit like that. That's like, well, yeah, that's the, I mean, the right on. stuff. The right stuff. TVTropes.org. Go there. They're better than me. Yeah. Now, then again, one of the things about uh, you know the the lack of screenwriting that's <laughs> on display here um, is the whole thing about Anna is and and her brother as well. It's like, okay, so she was engaged to the Channing Tatum doll, and then, <laughs> and then he went off to a war with her brother saying, I'll take care of him, but he got killed in the war, so we believe. By the way, can we, can we just say, because this is like one of the most clear areas of it other than the Paris fight, fucking Team America? Well, what? I, this I, is literally... Let me, <laughs> when they get to Paris, I was going to pull okay. out the Team America. Okay, but you, we'll you continue. To, we'll get continue. to that. Let me but, just finish this but, point. But the, but really? Reconstructive well, cosmetic surgery? Anyway. Yeah. Well, here's the, <laughs> well, the, oh, it's, I know, it just it goes on and on. We'll, we'll totally get to that. But uh, this idea of... Um, but then he came back and he couldn't face her. And so then four years later, she became an evil supervillain. Um, but also, by the way, her brother also became an evil supervillain. And they work for the same evil supervillainy yep. company, even though they don't know. She doesn't know that that's him. But, um, but then the movie then throws away. And again, they were just cutting and pasting. And, oh, I know what. Sienna come in and sit and say this line. I mean, literally, listen to, this, listen to the commentary. Summers totally admits that that was happening nonstop. They were like, oh, my God, we have to totally set up. We didn't justify that so how do we say that you know they just totally were making this bullshit up as they went along um but the fact that the movie doesn't even have the shred of characterization to even justify in the end they go we can't really justify why she can be a supervillain so it's it's because they injected the nanomites and she doesn't even have control over that right I mean, she didn't even choose to be a supervillain so it's like we've removed any responsibility it wasn't even a choice her, her entire character <laughs> right. is based on not having a choice and not doing anything she ceases to be a character at that point yeah because exactly. she ceased to, ceases to be a person that she chose to do anything her become an action figure her, yeah her redemption is not a redemption anymore it's not like you know it's just like again the the lowest common denominator you know bullshit also, there's one of the lesser Waynes in it, and you know, come on, they couldn't even get one of the good Waynes. Wayans, it's pronounced Waynes. Yeah, you can. I mean, uh, definitely at the end in the third act, where you think it all comes together, it's like, wow, that's just all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it just, it's it just... complete. <laughs> Here's the weird thing, and, I, and I'm going to stick by this phrase: it falls apart in the third act. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's because I only I only use that phrase because. At least it kind of has its own kind of stupid, you know, brain dead logic until the third act. Literally, the third act is just exploding. That's all that happens in the third act. In the uh, just exploding. <laughs> in the chat room, uh, one of our listeners, Erica, lied on the forum in the ah. chat. Uh, said, "Oh, there's gonna be a trope for this," and I was like, straight up, there's if you want to be, everything. if you want to be Mickey for this episode, you are Mickey. And literally, like a second after I hit that, boom, link. She must have been preparing it on her end before, but it's just like, if you want to be Mickey, you can be, boom, Link. It's called Never Found the Body. A character is killed uh. off for real, as, which is also a trope, it's a Link, killed off for real, and assumed by all other characters to be dead, but the death occurs in such a way that no body is recovered, dot, dot, dot. Which Dumbledore would apply to that, by the way, Harry Potter spoilers five seconds ago. <laughs> but he's also, no. but he's real dead. No, he wasn't. His body's dead. There's, there. a big, there's a big funeral service. 
really? the books, there's a funeral service. In the in the movie, movie he just disappears. Scouring of the mark. No, he's right there. He's yeah. just laying there on the ground. Really? Wait, yeah. wait. Dumbledore dies. Yeah. See what oh, you did. Oops. <gasps> on page seven. Don't tell Brian that Snape killed him. Or seven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I hate you guys. <laughs> Like, um, and then his, but then oh, poor Zarban. He's like, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Yeah. La 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 la. In the se- well, in and the then s- Harry Potter comes in with his wand and zoom. In the, in, and in the seventh movie, uh, Voldemort gets the wand from Dumbledore's from tomb. corpse. So yeah. his corpse is there. He takes a clo- good hard look at it right at the end. So no, his you would know there. that. Which is one of the things I liked about Yoda's the- body disappears. Yeah, but. one of the things I liked about the novels is like you know it's like no. It- Dumbledore is fucking dead. Yeah, get on it, people. <laughs> get on board that, with this. No, no. What you're thinking of is serious. Yeah. There's no body for. That's serious. right. Because yeah. he just goes back through the thing, and, and he's yeah. gone. You always assume he's he's gonna. Have he to come he back, gotta right? come back. Yeah. You can't just do that. He yeah. just like died off to the side. Does he never come back? <laughs> I like in the chat room. Farley's like, hey, hey, keep up with the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's sure. on you. Okay, no problem. So at the end, Dumbledore and <laughs> Harry are at a train <laughs> station. Yeah. <laughs> Rex, kaboom! This is when Summers tells the story again. Is Dealing with studio people is bad enough. He does tell a quick anecdote about getting ready to shoot the scene, and someone from the studio called to say, how many cameras are you using to shoot for what, that? For what scene? The scene we just saw, the exploding warehouse scene. Gotcha. The, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt is yes. about to blow They up. actually wired up in a, a building to explode and everything, right? Yeah. All right. Real, it's a real deal. It's, <laughs> it's not like, how many cameras? Yeah, it's not man's right there. And someone from the studio actually checked to go, how many cameras are you using? And Summers, knowing <laughs> claims that he wrote, <laughs> tell him tell one. Tell him we're yeah we're blowing up a warehouse with stuntman major action sequence key turning point in the story uh, one camera tell him one camera <laughs> it's like he was like you know again Summers it's official commentary track you can tell him kind of going I just wanted to like what the fuck what the fuck fourteen am I an idiot <laughs> I've done ten of these movies what are you talking about some studio guy that was his big concern how many cameras that the explosion how many cameras because you know maybe it should be a lot of cameras because you know I. I I was listening to a commentary once where they blew up a building and it sounded and they like talk they had about a, they, Apparently they didn't do it a lot. They did it one time with lots of cameras. Yeah. Our Shrope correspondent for the day, Erica mm-hmm. Lalide, says, uh, oh, happened. here we go. This is a perfect example of TV Tropes' bloodless carnage. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter how many bullets were fired or how large their caliber. You won't see entrance wounds, exit wounds, or any blood anywhere. Not all. Yeah. They just fall down. That's still the G.I. Joe trope from the original. Okay, now we're interesting. I wonder why they did that. They had a kind of a generic shot of Paris and the CN uh, with no distinguishing landmark a la <laughs> yeah. the Eiffel Where's Tower. Where's the Eiffel Tower? It's yeah. the rule. It's the That's only time they probably ever had a – any movie has ever had an uh, establishing shot of a – City with a famous landmark where that yeah. landmark wasn't in it. Yeah. They, they, it's the and then one they have, of course, the crawl at the, at the bottom that says Paris. Paris. Just, just so you know, because we didn't shoot that direction. Yeah. Uh, didn't uh, – when they were in Paris for um, Benjamin Button, didn't we – did we see the the Eiffel Tower? I thought we just saw the, the Arc de Triomphe. We did the Arc de de want now. De Triomphe. Hey, speak English in my country. Speak American like a person. Part of their one of the reasons was they could have obviously done it digitally, but part of the reason is because that building is in Prague. Uh, Uh, The building they just walked into that half the movie uh, that Paris was Prague. Uh, They actually shot in Paris as well. You actually do see the Arc de Triomphe and the real uh, Eiffel Tower, but uh, but that building specifically is Prague. So they could have could have put the Statue of Liberty. In fact, I mean the uh, Eiffel Tower. Such Liberty is also French. Sorry, jingo- jingoistic haters, but it is. Um, but the, the they could have put it. it. Looks like they didn't, didn't bother because they're going to see it ten thousand times. So anyway, here are the power suits, which outraged fanboys of GI Joe, a thing that I didn't know existed until very recently. But hey, uh, is that double bubble? Yeah, I'll <laughs> trade it for your 
uh, Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got any Beemans? It's And then this this whole scene, which is epic but dumb, uh, dumber than a bag of hammers. Uh, for one thing, um, Ray Park ends up hanging onto the underside of a truck for a very long time <laughs> and then finally realizes, oh, I have a gun. Perhaps I'll shoot the tires. Um not to mention the uh, the idea of everyone's trying desperately to save the Eiffel Tower and killing about 500 innocent French bystanders to get it done. Which now, Dorkman, let's talk about Team America. <laughs> All right. Because it's like, if you took any random human and you showed them G.I. Joe and you showed them Team America and they had not seen either movie and said, which movie got made first? Uh-huh. Clearly... Team America started with G.I. Joe as a jumping off point and used it as a basis for a satirical right. movie. Clearly, it couldn't <laughs> possibly have happened any other way. Could it? And that's the thing that I've been I've been waiting for because I and I wish I'd I want to get through the rest of the commentary with, with Steven Summers because it's like, dude, you haven't even mentioned Team America yet. And I know you're not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So come on. Come on. Acknowledge. Come on, you got to acknowledge. This is the you have recreated the opening scene. <laughs> yes, I mean, but you took it seriously, like yeah. and and didn't acknowledge the whole that movie. what they did was wrong. The whole fucking movie. I mean, as you said, there's facial reconstruction yeah. surgery. This this is the unironic <laughs> live action version of Team America with, and I'm this is absolutely I stand by this with not as good acting and less uh, of a plot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, that doesn't seem possible, and yet somehow they have managed that. They did because they didn't even base this off like <laughs> satirizing other action movies. They, no. This movie just doesn't make any sense at all yeah. by the end of it. And which, the whole you know, idea like, of—I mean, they, the one thing is they—it's called GI Joe, which is purely an American concept, and yet they talk about how it's a multinational corporation, a yeah, multinational it was, group. It's a NATO idea. Yeah. Oh, uh, there was a. Uh, uh, oh it, well, initially, be- because of you know the post nine eleven and stuff like that, and and American jingoism is not as popular overseas as I guess it once was. What? Um, so they uh, were going to they were actually going to turn GI Joe into a full on acronym. It was going to stand for okay. Global Integrated Joint uh. Operating Entity. Ooh. Um, and then and then there was the uproar, and they were like, "No, he's just a name for." Yeah, just, the, no, that's, it's okay. Even that Mike too did that for from us. memory, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, do I, what can you do? Patriot Act for memory. <laughs> the Patriot Act USA. You, you, yeah. USA, USA Patriot, Patriot Act. Act. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't. Good. Uh, Trey. Yes. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Correct. Light amplification by the simulated emission of radiation. Radio detection and ranging. And. The Force.net. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, right. That Home box office. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> trying to think of one. Tuberculosis. <laughs> Autoimmune deficiency system. National syndrome. syndrome. Uh, you HIV is human immunodeficiency virus. Yes. Yep. I can't think of other ones. National aeronautics. HPV is human papillomavirus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trey is the really <laughs> educated yacker. Yeah. Yeah, it's- yeah. And okay. laughing out loud. Rolling on floor, laughing my ass off. Rafflecopter. Yeah, that one's just wrong. Um, yeah, look at this. And a lot how of many these, people have died a lot because of the, of the of good these, guys? Yeah, but we have to save the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, because <laughs> that's more important to Americans than the actual French humans. 
That's probably true. Sadly. No, this is yeah. True. It really is. It, it's because you're gonna get your picture taken in front of when you go there. Yeah, it's literally the baguette guy. Yeah. Come on, it's literally valuing the set piece higher than the actual <laughs> stakes right. of, of right. the human life. This was this was uh, the same problem with uh, Matrix Reloaded as well. There was that whole sequence on the freeway where it's like, but you're killing. All <laughs> yeah. humans. Aren't you supposed to be trying well, to a, save humanity? That's a major God. philosophical problem with the Matrix in general. Yeah, right. I, and I mean, it's kind. Of, it's it's not too bad in the first one, but in the in the later ones, it's like, oh well, they're they're some people are too asleep to ever wake up anyway, so just fuck them. And yeah. It's like, well, everyone's potentially the enemy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, but, keep going. I'm listening. So then, who are we fighting for again? Yeah, we're trying <laughs> to save the ones that we don't kill when we're saving them. Yeah. The uh, this whole idea of uh, you know. It, it, it's recently, I guess, with LA. I don't know if it's a nat- nationwide thing. I think it's it's got to be done jurisdiction by jurisdiction. But in LA, you know, just a few years ago, the LA Police Department made that breakthrough. It's like, you know, you know, like, again, someone in a boardroom meeting. I, can I just say, you know, when the guy does a crime, right? And he gets in the car and he drives really fast. And then we get in all of our cars and we turn the sirens on and we chase him really fast. Has anyone noticed that usually some innocent poor schmuck gets killed as a result <laughs> of that? Um, and the guy originally what created did like an arm robbery. So I'm just spitballing. But what if we don't chase the guy? <laughs> and no, because we're cops. We're supposed to chase the guy really fast. That's why it's called a high-speed chase. But <laughs> they, actually, they actually put a moratorium. It's like, okay, so the guy jumps in the car, gets on the freeway, drives really fast. Don't fucking chase him. You're going to kill innocent bystanders is what's going to happen. Don't do that. If it's a violent crime, if he's got a gun and he might shoot innocent bystanders, okay, go for it. But it's like if a guy knocks over a liquor store, don't high-speed chase the motherfucker. You're gonna, do you're they gonna... just let you get away at that point? What happens? Yeah. As a, if, the huh. choice, if the choice is let's drive 90 miles an hour through a school, <laughs> no, <laughs> arm robbery is cool today as opposed to running over a school child. You know, and it took a long time to make that breakthrough, but they were like, "Okay, new plan. If you can catch him in the ground before he gets in the car, have at it. But if he gets on the freeway, well, that, don't chase him. That makes life a lot less fun. Well, by your definition, that explains, fun. That explains why I've seen fewer of those on yeah, the TV. Exactly. That's yeah. certainly it's a violent crime. Oh, and yeah, here okay, comes why not? Here comes the big old. Uh, yeah. Ooh, trailer yeah. shot. Seventy-five French people just died in the background. There they go. Uh, yeah. Bon voyage. <laughs> 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 That's uh, see how I said that in your own language. Yeah. Crispy corpse from a French person. Oh, I believe they also say au revoir. Yeah. Sorry about your classical antique store there, but we're on our way to save your beloved Eiffel Tower. No need to thank us, Frenchies. Thanks for the fries, by the way. Too it's awesome. A, and, he, and then he just plows through another yeah. building. Yeah. Completely uncalled for. <laughs> it's just, they, I think they should take it next step further. He comes blindly bursting out of a door and literally just tramples a small child. Yeah. <laughs> and her dog. And her dog. She's well, walking a small <laughs> poodle. Has to be a poodle because that's all they have in France. What would be great? It would be the 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 scene with the baby in the carriage from Battleship <laughs> the Temkin just barreling down the yeah. stairs as a result of these guys. No need to thank us. Which literally is the punchline in the actual Team America. I don't, I don't know how they missed having it in this. Okay, so what? <laughs> what? It, what are the bad guys accomplishing? The Eiffel Tower is not a strategic <laughs> yeah, exactly. base of operations. And they, have, and they have all this technology, but we're going to drive the SUV. They, didn't they just have a flying thingy like a helicopter without rotors that goes all over the planet and? How what what just happened? How did the train yeah. go, moving sideways throw it up in the air? 
With without still the same dam- amount of forward momentum. Yeah, without damaging the back tires or anything. I mean, you can't tell now, but I'm very... I, I'm, I'm not impressed with your uh, understanding <laughs> of physics movie. Yeah. <laughs> the amazing thing, though, is that that actually is a real flipping SUV. Oh, they, yeah. they actually did that in a little French street, you know. Oh, a little. They check actually street. killed about seventy-five. Probably more people. likely a check street, yeah. But uh, I mean, Jesus, that that puts the 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 Batman flipping truck to shame because that was a really wide street. <laughs> this yeah. one, they're like, eh, what could possibly happen? It's probably fine. What are they going to do? Sue us? <laughs> they're Czechoslovakians. <laughs> it's Czechoslovakia, man. We're zip in, we zip out. How are they? Yeah, how are they going to find us? Now we, we can even go a step further, all the way back to the beginning of the premise of this movie, which is like. Um, if you weren't following along, let me recap it for you. The bad guys, the Mars Company, not the candy people, the Mars Company made these weapons, which they then gave to the U.S. government to escort to be taken to the U.S. government holding facility, presumably. Then the bad guys, the same bad guys, attack the convoy, which are carrying the weapons, to steal them back. So that then they would have the weapons because they wanted the government to not think they had the weapons. Biakuas. Biakuas. <laughs> they wanted the government to not think they had All the weapons. All you can update is strength. <laughs> yeah. At which point they are now, uh, I don't, they, I think they already, they have already done it. Um, at which point they went to her husband, whom she only married because he was a research scientist who ran the particle accelerator to charge up the weapons to quote, weaponize them so that they would then function at which point she killed him and then now they're going to shoot those weapons at the Eiffel Tower go 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 as as they say in Monsters Incorporated I for one spotted several mistakes <laughs> I could say that again, but I don't think it would make any more no. sense if I lay that out. It's like, I'm so, glad you did that though, because I was like, because yeah. I I thought I was missing something. No, I was like, I I I I have just recapped for you their no. scheme. No, that was that was my understanding of it. So <laughs> so so my point is, you didn't clear on you it. didn't miss anything. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that Sienna Miller, as great as she looks in the outfit, and and I give her mad props for that. Um, you know, she always seems to go for her gun first and then remembers that she has the thing that destroys everything. Right. The other gun. Oh, I keep forgetting. I have this gun that Ugh. blows things into tiny bits, which is about to use here. And it's actually a very spectacular thing where she just erases the world under his feet. Like, oh, that's right. I have this. Blank. But um, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just going to guess that. Uh, they also mention um, that they, you know, they've evacu- they're evacuating the Eiffel Tower, which, as is exemplified by this couple who's taking their picture <laughs> under the Eiffel Tower, so you know that's what the French call an evacuation. And all of these people, <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty people. awesome sequence. Though. Yeah, I love this, and so. especially the uh, Eiffel Tower itself falling over. But the, the idea Eiffel Tower of itself, the, the destruction, great work. destruction just waves across the area mm-hmm. around it is cool too. And this would have been a very suspenseful uh, sequence, seeing them race to try to save the Eiffel Tower and wondering whether or not they're going to make it if the Eiffel Tower falling down hadn't been in every trailer <laughs> That's that true. this movie had. I hope the Eiffel Tower's okay. And oh. also, why did they knock down the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> well, He that's... seemed really... Fu- it wasn't like they were going to do something else and he was just like, just, all right, I'm going to cause... Screw it. Use the, do the, shoot the tower. It. I'm going to cause, uh, cause as much chaos as I can and get out of here. Shooting the tower was the plan. Yeah. 
well, it really is. It's like we we have to attach we have to attack the landmark because that's what these movies do. Yeah, I want to say something to people. <laughs> if you jump out of a window, people, and if you land Talking on your feet, people, after about thirty feet or so, you are incapacitated afterwards. You yeah. are yeah, after about forty feet, you're dead. You right? break your hips. Fair enough. If you land on your feet, that happens. Now, if you jump out of the window. Fall forty feet and then catch yourself with your hands. <laughs> yeah, I gonna, promise I'm you gonna, will be fine. I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> your your arms your arms will stay intact. Yeah, your they won't dislocate. Your fingers will not be damaged. They will anyway. not be crushed, and you will be able to support the weight of that fall. Yeah, you will catch yourself. Frankly uh, speaking, I don't know why everyone fall. just tries to catch yeah. something when they fall out of an airplane. What kind of yutz dies after falling 40, 40 feet when there's so many ways to survive? If you fell down out of an airplane and there was monkey bars somewhere near where you were going to land, <laughs> grab the monkey bars. Sure. You'll be fine. Yeah. Thank you. America. This has yeah. been a public service announcement. Yeah. And then uh, that's – oh, it's not – you know, they could have had something where, oh, the Eiffel Tower is, you know, wired with explosives. So when it hits, it, like, sends out shockwaves or something. It just falls over, and it looks really cool, and, the you know, it's snapping and stuff like that. But then it's like, <laughs> Do you know how to instantly make well, this, uh, okay. this movie more interesting? Huh? Replace the cold open with the cold open with the Scottish guy and the burning mask and all that shit and the weapons dealing. That's a hot open. Replace, am I right? Replace no. that with the Eiffel Tower just fell down, and I have, as an audience viewer, no idea why. Mm-hmm. Why did it fall down? Movie starts. Right. It's Not only do you get plot. an amazing opening would... sequence, you also want to know. Right. Basically, you make the movie answer a question that you asked, not give you answers to a question you didn't. The and problem that, that literally would be Team America. It's that literally point. Team America. And then it then it becomes a fridge logic issue where if that's the only thing you change at the <laughs> once the movie ends, you go to the fridge. You go, wait a second, why the fuck did they attack the Eiffel Tower in the first place? <laughs> well, I'd, and even here, I I'll admit that I'm I'm unclear. Um, but the idea is it's to make a demonstration to go, aha, see, these weapons exist. Fear us, world. Oh, so it's the Bond thing. I am going to wipe London off the map, but then yeah. you give me ten. Exactly. Ten billion dollars. Yeah, and then they, billion and then they, dollars. Then they subvert that a second time because then they're going to destroy Moscow and, the, and blah, 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 um, is the big plan at the end, which – Again, was like someone was like halfway to writing a movie. Again, very asylum was like writing one trope, but then halfway through, changed the trope and didn't undo the setup of the first trope. So the idea is that we're going to do Paris and destroy the Eiffel Tower because that clearly is a, literally because it's a landmark. That that that, that actually works as yeah, a justification. Exactly. I'm actually to say surprisingly like, okay yeah, with that. Yeah, to like no look, aha, these well, weapons. It's, it's a very Bond villain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so. Now that I have your attention, yeah. may I continue with my idea? Yeah. But then they talk about, then they do the whole subversion of that. It's like, oh, no, we're not going to take over the world. We're not going to blah, blah, blah. That's not my plan at all. So they, 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 they use the one warhead. They've got the two others. Um, they're just going to destroy two other major cities. <laughs> uh, because at that point, people will go, oh, we're so afraid of the terrorist. You did that already. <laughs> the Paris one. So you could do three in one day, or you could stop at Paris because they already got their ten- – okay, never mind. You're talking to people that bombed Japan twice. <laughs> well, first time they didn't fucking listen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. We were like, look, stop. We yeah. need you to make our action figures. That's true. Have you ever they, – they, they dared us. They said, you don't have two of those. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 
which is and it was lucky for us because we only had the two. Because it because our bluff was no, we have dozens. We of have these. oh, we have lots of them. We have. Let plenty. us prove it by dropping a second one on you. Bam! No, oh, you don't have another one. Bam! <laughs> oh, right. oh, fuck! You don't have another one. Help! As the as the joke goes, it's uh, you know. It's, if you've ever been in a Japanese business meeting, you'll understand why it took two bombs. <laughs> so. Explain. So that, so, so <laughs> if you've ever been in a Japanese <laughs> business meeting, you will understand why it took two bombs. I have not. So I guess they're... Then they're, you don't understand why it took two bombs. And, and okay, so trying to go back to understanding what, okay, what good luck. came out of here. Wasn't it the... <laughs> Let's shall, shall we go to the Wikipedia for the plot? Because his <laughs> no, because the because the, the guy who's the descendant of the the guy who got burned with the mask at the beginning, yes. he runs this weapon company. So he wanted the he's the doctor, that doctor. Right, right, right. He's he, the doc, doc. Yeah. He wants the world to be afraid of the terrorists, so they'll buy his weapons for the anti-terror campaign yes no 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 that's the final switcheroo did where you were watch, you man did you watch the entire movie it's explained clearly in the plot <laughs> yes <laughs> i i did but well no i, I, I fast say, forwarded through about watched, five minutes i, I watched the, okay well i watched the whole ending of the movie and and then roundabout where it's like it looks like it's ending and yet i think there's about eight plot threads that i right. don't you know talk about Chekhov's gun and then at the end they kind of like pulled them all together and i'm like oh okay um, no, the, the ultimate... Nunchuck fighting is really tough, by yeah. the way. And these I'll... kids are beating the Well, shit. they're not actually doing it. They're using, again, fun fact from the real commentary. They they only have the one handle, and the the other the rest of the chuck is digital. Oh, okay. So they're just, like, pantomiming at each other. But clearly they have the style. Yeah, they, they, know, the moves, they know what they're you know? doing move-wise. And they, they're imitating the weight of it. Yeah, see, was that well. how you're when supposed I... to fight with Nunchuck? You just that... slap each other with them? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works. I'm, no, I'm not <laughs> doubting that. I just, yeah. I've always wondered watching people with nunchucks. I was like, wow, that's really There's, cool how you flip them around and get it behind your shoulder yeah. and shit. But you get a lot of what do you do with those? A lot of torque and momentum. Just yeah. bam. It's nasty. Believe it or not, yeah. I used to be really good at the nunchucks. I used to be able to really? hold. It's like, it's basically yeah. like two batons, and the second one, you get all the momentum for free. If you yeah. can get past the first year with all of your teeth, then you are yeah. a nunchuck master <laughs> because mostly what happens is you hit yourself in the head. Could you do the little thingy where you do the flip and it's behind your elbow? Oh, and yeah, absolutely. And... I, can, I could do a flip over the arm. I could rotate it over my arm. Did you carry them with you for a while? Like, what up? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm pretty good with the staff, too. I can, I can spin like you can't believe. What are you, Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I was going to say, what are you, a fourth grader in your garage? <laughs> I was all of those things. I'm pretty you good should, with, I'm pretty good with the By the way, I can, I can throw stuff. a plunger and make it hit the wall and stick from 10 feet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I never actually hit, any, hit a thing with nunchucks, but I could do the flashy, like, look, I uh-huh. nunchuck things i can you know i can do all that shit. is that how you got out of that gang violence in the 90s pretty much yeah <laughs> i'm trey i have nunchucks i was also coked to the eyeballs but we've already covered anyway. that <laughs> yeah. he just thought he was good at nunchucks it is he was hitting himself in the face yeah. a lot but he's like it's just so awesome <laughs> that's right uh, but the but, uh, the but the cocaine you don't feel it so yeah. it all works out what were we talking about before we got on about the nunchucks? Uh, something about this fucking movie before the nunchucks you were we're talking, talking about nunchucks the kids know what they're doing yeah they're no good. but before that we were talking about the terrorist plot here's some well here's some here's some Bullshit science where they do this yeah. like mumbo jumbo mumbo jumbo the attitude of the sun they're in the North Pole. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, fine. Let's go. Sure. Good. You guys so, huge tits. Hi, how are you? So where does it go? Like I said, I thought the plan was oh. to use the no, weapons. No, the big so, finish. Yeah. And actually, this is one of those like, hey, you're kind of <laughs> taking a swing at George Bush, which I kind of like. Um, I'm I'm gonna tell my I'm telling myself that they take a swing at George. The whole point is the whole Arnold Vosloo plot. That you forget he's in the movie because then he's gone for the rest of the movie till the very end. Arnold Vosloo is becoming a double for the president. So 
when they when it's like the, and the the Scottish guy says, no, 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 it's not for me to rule the world. What are you talking about? It's like when when people are scared, they look to someone to to protect them, and and so basically. The end of the movie and the setup for the sequel, I'm guessing, unless they go, ah, fuck that, is that Arnold Vosloo is becomes the president. He 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 transforms into the you know the governor from so Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that this is the weird Rosencrantz and Guildenstern fucked up blockbuster version of what of. happens in the back plot of Dave? Yeah, and or what happened to us on 9-11, where we we started acting like our president was worth a fuck because we were scared. Um, I, I like to think it's a I like to think it's a backhanded Bush thing. It's like they'll, they'll, look, they'll look to whoever's president if you if you destroy enough national landmarks, everyone will go. Please, president, save us. So the whole plot is not to sell weapons or anything else. It's to get you know I presume uh, his guy who's impersonating the president to become like the all powerful war president. Start, like to now start I, doing the Patriot. Now I can yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I can do anything I want because everyone says, "Oh Jesus, help us!" You know, which I think I like because. You know, again, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and go, oh, they're kind of talking about George Bush there. Because mm. <laughs> in which case, good for them that they that they noticed that. Well, they're really talking about Dick Cheney. But, yeah. <laughs> as, as Bill Maher said about George Bush, you know, in the end, you have to feel bad for the guy because that job turned out to be so much harder than he thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like when he signed on, when, you know, when, when Turd Blossom came to him and said, you know, I think we can make you president. You're just inoffensive enough to get elected. And they said, that sounds good. Does it pay good? What's the hours? <laughs> six months of, you know, riding around in cars with sirens, and then suddenly it became a real job. And I just feel bad for the guy. Yeah, but it became a real job because of him. <laughs> yeah. Had a real person been in the job, it wouldn't have turned yeah, into a That's a problem, job. too. Yeah. But then, you know, hey, as we all were like, okay, well, you you see it from here, man. You know what you're doing. And, you know, that lasted for a couple of years. Yeah, they were like, oops. Yeah. We all went, no, he really doesn't, does he? He's not stepping up at all. He's just the same random fuck all he was. So, but, you know, Jonathan Price could have done just as well a job, apparently. Yeah. That's, a, Ronald that's a, uh, pretending to be Jonathan Price. Could have done the job. That's a trope called that's not even bothering with the accent. <laughs> nice. Go on. How's that go? <laughs> Thank you, Erica. Not even bothering with the accent. That goes... Yeah. I, I think maybe I got it. I will say. <laughs> well, I want to find other examples. But inspired by what? what, what what's uh, from by? Highlander, the animated series. Ah, Why is it none of these Scottish Highlanders even attempt a Scottish accent? And, and Except for Ramirez, who is supposed to be Spanish. He's Spanish, from, he's Spanish and Egyptian. Let's see here. Jean-Claude Van Damme and everything. Why are we Arnold Schwarzenegger right now, in everything. Uh, Jonathan Price uh, is an American president with a... British accent. Oh, is he just openly British? Yeah, he's just. No, I, no he is a, he's he he's a, trying, but he's not it's succeeding. A, it's a New Englandy kind hey, of thing. Hey, there he's doing. there are plenty of Americans, quote unquote, that. Hey, yeah. what? There's, there's they're the, not real Americans. No, the, I mean, there's the lead actor from The Wire. Who, oh, this um, is a great one. There, there, there are plenty of the Americans who have various accents based upon who their parents were, where they uh, spent their childhood, regardless of yeah, where they were exactly. born. Well, this is a the funny lead one. actor on The Wire is like for, for a guy for <laughs> an Irish guy. You're like there are plenty of Americans. <laughs> quote, unquote, unquote. The air I was like, how, what? <laughs> <laughs> there's the lead Dominic uh, Dominic West, the lead actor on The Wire. Is um, I'm into season three now of The Wire, and he's less and less every season. He cares less about fooling us into thinking he's not Australian. It's like, dude, you're about 
20% Australian now. You were zero Australian the first season. You're about up to 20 now. I've told that by the end, someone, says, uh, someone told me, I don't know what see if it's true or not, but someone says by the end of The Wire, like the sixth season, he's like, oh, no, he's totally Australian by the sixth season. He isn't even trying anymore. My we'll favorite uh, example on the Tropes page for not even bothering with the accent is um, after taking a lot of criticism for his phony Cockney and Mary Poppins, uh, Dick Van Dyke just dispensed with a British accent for City City Bang Bang, despite the fact that it takes place in Britain and his father and children in the movie are British. Yeah, and that was a good call. I agree. That was a very good call on his part. And uh, this outfit is a very good call on this chick. Yeah. I, that's an action figure I would collect, if you know what I mean. I would pose and, that. And if, it, if you're not, what I'm saying is I'd like to insert my penis into her. Into her or not, the action was figure? Was that not clear? She is an action figure. Well, the figure. old school action figures yeah. that were like a oh, foot yeah, and a half tall. Yeah, they had to be at least a foot yeah. tall. But none of them were girls. That would be so gay. <laughs> Again, it's, it shocks me that, and again, it, it makes me, I guess in the end it gives me hope. Not about sticking my dick into that girl, because that probably isn't going to happen. But the, the <laughs> but, but this, because again, Summers totally, totally recognizes that the script they went to, you know, you, you go to war with the script you have. The script that they started shooting the movie with, as they're shooting it, Summers says, they totally realize, you know what? After Dennis Quaid goes, you're right, go get him. He disappears from the movie entirely, as written. So all these scenes of him walking around the control room going, you know, the fighters coming, you know, completely just like, okay, Dennis, uh, stand over there and point over this way and we'll put some shit on the screen at some point and just say, you guys watch out in there. And, you know, just like generically creating all these scenes for him to be in, including also, according to uh, um, Summers, the entire training montage. He said earlier on, they're like, you know, really, I think we probably need one of those training montages right about here. All the training montage. And, oh, Brandon, here's your part. We can, we'll put you in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely just pulling it out of their ass on the set. Wow. That's how a movie costs $175 million. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How do you – because there was a lot of effects and stunt work yeah. going on in those. You do it after the fact, and that's why it costs so goddamn much because it's a rush. But you, my you point is that gives shoot, me shoot. hope because yeah. cause I can do an asylum film like that for no money. Uh-huh. If you're saying that movies can get made that way with a $175 million budget, sign me fucking up. Yeah. I'm ready to start tomorrow. I'm qualified <laughs> to do these movies. I'm completely capable of doing a movie like this. Everyone in this room is completely <laughs> capable of doing a movie like this. Yeah, with with that much money See, and other people's talent on the <laughs> like, Look at on, that. On look at that, like, really. that, that scene right there. Did you see what happened right there? They had a big dynamic action scene. Everyone's running around. And he goes, listen up, listen up. The mission is a go. Good luck, Joes. Why is there a digital polar bear? <laughs> yeah. This is a million Why? dollars right here yeah. for this Coke this ad. three it's, weeks of work. Yeah. It's, not, it's a pretty good digital polar bear for yeah. being a digital polar bear. But, um, the, you know, cost about as much as shooting an entire scene of Dennis Quaid saying literally generic dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> dialogue from any movie you could name. I want to see everything that's going on down there in a vague, non-specific way. Get me an uplink to the things that are happening <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> Damn it! Someone tell me what's going on. See what's happening. <laughs> we need the code. <laughs> Give me a situation report. Get in there. <laughs> well, we really could do this. We could do this right we now. Could absolutely, uh, do it. I had the idea. Actually, a big room. earlier we... today, I had the idea to do a, an '80s song, which is just using all the trite easy lines where it's like we're not gonna take it stand up for your right to love just random shit 
in different if you just took all the little one-liner pithy things that ever been said in a lyric in an 80s song and made the entire song out of them i'll bet you people wouldn't notice you should write you, you could write like a website that just had some code that just scrambled them together every time you hit refresh you can do 80s song 80s song, song generator yes 80s song generator. song generator carry on Oh girl! Oh girl! <laughs> Come on! There's a there's there's a website. To hell! There's a website called the Artsy Bollocks Generator, which every time every time you refresh it, it's like put this on your art portfolio, and it's just complete a complete slew of nonsense buzzwords about. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I've, m- in my work, I seek to bring the you know oh, the awesome. inner into the outer and blah, just to actualize my bullshit. forwardhood. Exactly, yeah. exactly like that. That's sweet. There's, a, there's something like that on TVTropes.org where it's like a movie pitch generator, and it's yeah. just the various elements. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's kind of scary. It it's is. kind of scary. You kind of go. I think that I do. I do that. Uh, I I click it every now and then. I go. I can actually. I can build something off of this. Yeah. Yes. You can see it here, especially that um, JGL looks a lot like Keanu Reeves sometimes. He does. It looks very much like Keanu in this. And boy, is he just like you know. Get closer to the wall, man. You you can't reach the scenery from there. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, look, he literally was trying to reach the scenery. It just seemed uh, la, 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 a little far away. I couldn't quite get to it. Like I said, he's he's the one who's like, I see what's I happening see what here. Doing. And here is the Stephen Summers uh, required uh, Kevin J. O'Connor cameo. Because uh, this other actor who just, just shows up in this for only this has um, been in pretty much every Stephen Summers movie that he's made. It's Benny from the Mummy movie, and Igor from Van Helsing, and you name it, he's in it. I actually, I definitely recognized him when he came in. Yeah. I was like, hey, he's in the, oh, right, because it's, <laughs> right. <laughs> what kept him? Stephen like, Summers. Can't believe he hasn't been, you know, took him this long to get here. So, yeah, this is this whole scene is kind of like, so wait, here's a guy you just met, and you're like, dude, you totally, uh, can I be your boyfriend? Because I would yeah. really like to, like, work with your nanomites. Oh, by the way, they are going to blow up this building in three minutes. But fuck that, because, and then as a result of it, he became crazy and a super. I like the one villain. allowance they made to the hacking scene, which is that he's going to do his bullshit interface hacking <laughs> like they always do. But before he can, he has to X out of the Norton pop-up. Yeah, yeah that was the other, <laughs> Norton, there's a Norton on the screen. It's like because because even supervillains can be worried about viruses. I mean, can you imagine if you were a supervillain and your computer got infected by a virus? That could be really. It would be unfortunate. Oh, he's got my Warcraft password. <laughs> How are you supposed Jesus. to hijack the satellites if you got a Trojan? <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, it's just common sense, people. Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> One billion dollars. Hey, Matt found them artsy bollocks generator. I'm gonna nice. try. Nice. Hit it. Give us a movie pitch. Generate some bollocks. I click. My work explores the relationship between the tyranny of aging and urban spaces. With influences <laughs> as diverse as Kierkegaard and Andy Warhol, new tensions are generated from both explicit and implicit textures. Ever since I was a student, I have been fascinated by the theoretical limits of meaning. What starts out as triumph soon becomes corrupted into a dialectic of temptation, dialectic of temptation leaving only a sense of chaos in the prospect of a new beginning. I think you've got a grant. Chloe says, "I think you're talking about Matthew Barney's work." You, I think you can get a grant. Just, just write that up, print that out. And here's the, uh, here's the, here's the conclusion: as shifting phenomena become transformed through diligent and diverse practice, the viewer is left with an insight into the edges of our world. Awesome! It generated some bollocks for me. I, Thank you, generator. I kind of want to see that. Yeah, let me <laughs> let me hold a glass. Of I don't white know what you're wine. talking about, but, uh, but I, no, I, I I'm intrigued. But I don't want to. Oh admit my god! That I don't know what you're there's a button about. that says "not good enough," and it just re- it just regenerates. And here's the first sentence of the next one: 
My work explores the relationship between new class identities and skateboard ethics. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Talk about niche. Okay, yeah. now right here is where the movie unabashedly becomes an asylum film. Um, because yeah. I just want chat room get busy because here's here's the here are the variables in the equation. They're at or around the North Pole. They establish that the the plane he's about to jump in goes Mach six, be six times the speed of sound. Never mind how that happens. Fine, you know. Speed of sound seven twenty, right? Something well, like it depends on the uh, temperature, the altitude, yeah, roughly but speaking. So roughly four thousand miles an hour. Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. And then he's going to chase one missile to. Almost hitting Moscow. Which is yeah. happening in eight minutes. And then turn around and chase the other missile to almost Washington, D.C. In 18 minutes. Run the math. 4,000 miles. 4,000 miles. An hour. An hour, yeah. Okay. So no. So I think, oh, wait, wait. Let me check the other one. So I nope. think, here's, what no. I, here's what I think. They, they wrote the scene, and then they solved for X, and X was, he's got to be going Mach fucking six. That, that was the, I think that's, I think the, I, I did this exact shit with I, Santa Claus. I think you'll find that the, the numbers probably do make sense. And it's that's where Mach six comes I from. I think you're being a little generous, assuming they did any math at all. In the I'm chat, thinking, I'm thinking no, four thousand miles an hour, ten minutes. I mean, right, I think well, you know, I in think the they're chat, probably in the zone. Frank says uh, Mach six. That razor damn near tore my face off. <laughs> six blades, man. Tear your head off. It'll tear your hair off, man. <laughs> so by by this point uh, in the movie, well, yeah, here she is. She's like, "Hi, I'm good now. I'm ah. good. I remember." Watch the scene. Watch this right here. We really have to hurry. Meaningful look. Stop. Kiss. Kiss. There it is. Wait for it. Two, three, four, now, five, see, and again, it's six. Had they dead. gone to any more drafts, here's where had I been on the team of, uh, of doing the rewrites on this, and you can't prove I wasn't, um, where I would have said, you know what? I think we need to drop the whole idea that she remembers him at all and have those memories burst through later. But she, right from the get-go, goes, hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Um as opposed to, because then you can like, what the fuck is up with her? You know, she's like, Malcolm. It's like if he says, you know, I know her. We used to be engaged. Long story, and spends the whole movie chasing her. You know, but it's you know, but every time he goes, hey, honey, it's me. She's like a supervillain who tries to blow him into atoms. Yeah. But it's always like, you know, she's always acknowledging that she knows who he is. Right. So, but then the memories are supposed to be bursting through about, oh, that's right, I actually love him. But you know who he is. <laughs> you're not. It's not like you don't remember him. You remember what? You're just mad at him. Is what we're left with. You're a supervillain so because he pissed you off. Which is like, if that's the case, then boy, I got a whole bunch of supervillains in my in my wig right now. <laughs> um, this idea too is is pretty bogus. When they talk about it, it the floor, this, the setup for this is the floor will react if anything larger than a quarter touches it. So he walks on his fingertips, right? Right. I don't think they mean the size of the quarter. I think they mean the weight. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> so wait a minute. You designed the floor to react to the size <laughs> of what touches it. So Not the weight. If an elephant on stilts walked across, <laughs> yeah. that would be fine. But if I throw a quarter down, if I throw a half dollar, all hell's breaking loose. That's, what, that's how you designed this to operate. Here's a thought. Make Don't it just sensitive that. to weight. Because, you know, for one thing, a guy can walk on his hands with your system. I'm just saying. I, I, you've been a supervillain a lot longer than me, but I'm just, okay, never mind. No, no. This, uh, this makes me want to see a Bioshock movie. It does. With yeah. uh, the city of Rapture here. Yeah. Pretty it, much from here on out, the movie is literally just, it makes, <laughs> I know shit. this is going to sound weird. The movie makes no sense from here. 
because it just nothing anyone does is like I don't understand. I can't even justify it in the level that I have been justifying. It. I don't. I, I I don't like to like if I've if I've come this far in a movie. Usually, I don't like to skip it or or stop or fast forward or whatever. But when watching GI Joe, we wound up fast forward. Yeah. Literally, it's just action figures that bang together until they run out of money. Until yeah. they until they reach the end of the hundred seventy five million, this shit just is going to keep going. Like until this. they reach the requisite ninety minutes or however yeah. long this fucking thing exactly. is. Exactly, and again, that's the beauty of it. It's a $175 million asylum film. Sucker Punch costs like 65 Yeah. Sucker Punch is a bargain. 118 yeah. minutes. So what? if you divide it's $175 million by 118 minutes, what do you get? Over a million a minute. And no, by the Like way, a million point one and a half. That's more. That's about as much as it costs for people to walk on the moon. It costs about a million dollars a minute for somebody to walk on the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Fortunately, way, it takes less time to watch GI Joe. That by, means we've got another half hour still. Yeah. I think oh it's I think God. it's an hour fifty seven in length. And by and by comparison, just rough numbers, uh, an asylum film costs about three thousand dollars per finish minute. So this movie costs <laughs> what's what's three thousand? I'll do it. I'll do it. Three thousand into a million. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Uh, let's see here. I don't have a calculator on this thing. Oh, there's a race. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> Good God. She's got a real calculator. Uh, the American school system. I'm sure someone in the chat has already got it. Uh, 333. Wait. No. <laughs> That's not even a metric. Google, what are you doing it's, to me? It's 333, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's 333. 3,000 goes into a million 333 times. Yes. So, so that should mean... That G.I. Joe should be 333 times better than an asylum film. <laughs> because that's how the free market works. <laughs> Not 333% better. 333 times, times better. Times better. 33,300% better. Percent better than the asylum film. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it isn't. I'm going to say this movie could have sucked just as well at 70 million. Dr. Submarine says this. Uh, this movie cost, actually, an asylum film costs 0.3% of yeah, the cost of this or film. Or you want to run the math the other direction, exactly. For the same running length. Yeah, same running length and the same amount of coherence, <laughs> uh, the same level of, uh, of... Multiply the budget by three and you're still under 1%. <laughs> you're still so then multiply 1%. it by 100 and you've got a remainder of about seven. Which is <laughs> two more asylum films. <laughs> yes. No, which is, let's see, that would be 21 more asylum films. Yeah. So Dodgson says, but no Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's true. All right, well just just, just well, triple the budget of a yeah. had he had he had he not started to get work, I mean there was that you know ten year dry spell after Third Rock, he probably he could easily have gone into an asylum spiral instead. Joseph Gordon Levitt is one of the uh he doesn't get brought up often when you talk about child actors and how well or how not well they have succeeded <laughs> as an adult, but he does he's been pulling it off. The last four or five years he's done a lot of Either prestige or well-reviewed art house movies. There's, there's not a lot well, of he, them from uh, the '90s that that actually went into the the typical tailspin. Yeah. It's it's the pop stars who have started doing that. You know the 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 Britney Spears, the Britney yeah. Spears and stuff like that. Who've, who most of the time, child actors seem to actually kind of have their shit together. Now. Haley Joel Osment, no. Yeah, so many cautionary He fell off the face of the... I mean, Neil well, Patrick they, Harris is the one that you go, yes, that guy. Well, I'm saying... Macaulay Culkin was a was child gone, star in the he was 90s. He gone for 10 years. Macaulay well, Culkin had some problems, that's yeah. true, but... Drew Barrymore uh, had a lot of problems, and she's yeah. fine. Jonathan Lipnicki, he just decided, I want to be a kid, and then I'll... Yeah. When I... 
He's on Broadway. And now he's in mixed martial arts. Isn't he? No, he's not. No, no he's, he's a Playhouse West. He's, and he's a mixed martial artist. Did he just the, do, didn't he just do a Broadway show? Maybe. I know he was in a movie with James Bond. You might Khan. be thinking of Daniel Radcliffe? I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah. he did Equus. No, I thought... I was, at my, mo- I was at my mom's house, and I was watching The View. <laughs> and Lipnick, yeah. he was there talking about some play he was doing. Oh, yes, he was, he was on The View. I'd... Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway, so here's the thing they're, they're where they... Done. And I honestly was like, I by this point, I had forgotten Arnold Vosloo was in the movie, and there's a whole thing about facial reconstruction, and I've been learning to be him without saying who. And you know, I, I honestly was like, I wonder what he's reacting to. <laughs> but it's all about how the mummy is going to become president of the United States. That's the plan. All right. I, I did see this movie, but I think I, I lost track of, of who I was by that point. <laughs> so you didn't know who you were anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, and I tell you, the one thing that I was kind of shocked by, and I, I please got it, hopefully isn't too far along. I mean, it's like we don't have to wait too much longer for it to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to say the, the. I think this was about the point where we started to fast yeah. forward. Yeah, because it's all just going to be. Oh, well, you made it this, this far without fast forwarding. Yeah. No, but, actually, you know where we made it? We made it to where they're trying to, they're doing the, the Independence Day thing with the closing portal and the road. Oh, oh we got to yeah, make it through. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and we got through that point, And then after that, it was like, Oh my God! It's still it's going. Still Just going fast on. forward now. Okay, so there is that we have to get through. So, but uh, so however long away it still is. Um, oh look, the two guys with no faces are going to have a fight that will end in a draw. So there's drama for you, um, because you know they can't die. Well, you or know, anything. if something, if one of them wins, then something happens. But if the other one wins, then the, something the happens. something happens. happens. Yeah. But you know, you know, I tell you what happens if either one wins is we can't sell that toy anymore. So fuck that. <laughs> so, but the uh, anyway, the ending, ending, ending is is what's funny is somehow for you, know, I think I, I think that Summers is fairly credible and you know he knows how to put a scene together. The when the ending, oh my god, you could see as they're running around the corner, the water that's supposedly starting to rush in. You could tell that it was just a guy on a hose. <laughs> like you could see the fact that it was a single, just like in the Asylum movie. But uh, when it comes to the big finale, ta-da, you know, the big, literally the big fuck yeah moment, um, it's something about it is so off that I didn't realize it was the fuck yeah moment. Where suddenly <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is going to be what? They cu- and then they cut away and it's like back to the White House and birds are chirping and I'm like, Train oh, the that chat was room. supposed to be the fuck yeah moment. Yeah. And they totally didn't nail it. Um, it's the scene where... Um, the they're facing off with the two guys and everyone's in their submarines and they've driven you know in their action figure toys and all that and and they're pointing at each other and so and so says okay it's time to end this and you know the Channing Tatum doll says I'm gonna t- it's time to end this and the the bad guy says yeah you and what army and he goes my army and all the GI Joe vehicles all swarm up and I'm like oh this is, might be a really cool oh that was it. <laughs> announcing that all those toys exist yeah. was the fuck yeah moment. Yeah, exactly. We're but not going like, to see him actually. Well, I, all the, if you, know, you the, consider this as a toy commercial, that actually yeah, makes exactly. sense as a climax. But of all, tr- you know, the basic trope is like you and what army, and then you know, reavers come out of the dust. You know, it's a trope. You've seen it a thousand times. And then the action starts. That is not exactly. And 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 it was so underplayed. And something about the way they put it together was. I didn't realize that it was supposed to be the moment where you go, yeah, hoo, and then just cut to the bad guy in custody because we've already had 20 minutes of action figures bashing into each other. Yeah. But somehow it just it's funny that it's like, oh, I you know, literally after the cut, I was like, oh, that was supposed to be an inspirational moment right. that they just had that I completely missed the inspirational. Trey in the chat out. room, Mad Bad wants to know if there is a character in this movie. Um, I have not spotted one. 
Does these, anybody these two here are actually trying because they actually have like that? Oh, look so. at that! Hey, look! You, you put the swords together. Now he's Darth Maul. Uh, now that's called character growth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an arc. It's an arc. You put the swords. It's together. an arc. Before he had one sword, and, and now, now there are two. two. So don't try and tell me that there's not some good character work in this movie. And this guy, I, I, what, what, this, uh, it's only been like 15 minutes, and I'm already like, oh, my God, this, that is in this movie. I tell you, there's another fun, fun little thing, and I understand that subtitling, you know, closed captioning is, is an art to itself. Um, this movie does a certain thing that cracks me up every time it happens. It always happens with this, uh, the Wayne's character. Um, is he goes, woo, and the subtitle says, whoops. <laughs> As in, he lets out a whoop. Uh-huh. But it always looks like he's going, whoops! <laughs> whoops! <laughs> no, he's, I understand, he's whooping. But don't you see that looks like you're saying, whoops! Yeah, I'm in this movie. <laughs> whoops! <laughs> I'll try spinning, that's a good trick. Whoops! Whoops! <laughs> I was going to change agents after I took this film. Whoops! <laughs> So, yeah. So, here he is. He's flown. Anyway, he's flown to these Mach 6. You know, and then another... It's that like, missile is going faster than Mach 6. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, he can't catch it at Mach 6. Yeah. That's quite a missile. Yeah. I wonder... Yes? SR-71 is the fastest... Uh, SR-71 is the fastest plane we've ever built, which I wonder what it's... I think at Mach was. 6 you can... Mach can, 3 can't you, plus. Can't you get to orbit Or as Jeremy it? Clarkson would say... In the world. If, you're Mach, if you can go Mach 6, can't you get to orbit at Mach 6? How fast does a, does a, does a rocket have to go to, to get, out of, uh, get out of orbit? Get out um, of I don't know about that. But the, the SR-71. Atmo. How uh, do you not know that? Because you don't, you don't really talk about Mach numbers when you're talking about rockets. You, know you talk about escape velocity. Okay. Kind of and what's thing. the escape velocity? No, it's, they're, both, they're just different units of measure. Uh, anyway, the fastest plane... The SR-71. Nobody. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah. There was nobody. Uh, it does Mach 3 plus, they say. Okay. Um, it's classified. Yeah. Okay, so here's oh, your... Plus is not that. a unit of measurement. Here's your, in- here's your Independence Day. Yeah, so here's the moment that they're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And fat, fat, fat Do you guys want to do a thing? What? I'm Ooh. assuming everyone's fast-forward button works the same way. No. 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 It's, it's almost... Come on. That doesn't work. That's 20 minutes left. I know. But this yes. was the point where the, I gave the up audience before, always but. has the option of stopping their watching of the movie. Yeah, exactly, and just listening they, to whatever they, we're talking about. So. It's possible that someone at some point might have fast forwarded through us. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> so I there, I would have. So yeah, yeah. In the that, uh, in the chat room, Lalide, who such is such a rip off of surrogates. Jesus, yeah. in the <laughs> chat room, Lalide, who is our fake Mickey today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> points out a trope and I don't know what it applies to because I don't know this, the end of this movie very well I didn't make it this far uh, <laughs> but how many tropes are in G.I. Joe I don't know out I didn't watch the end the, uh, the law of diminishing defensive effort which is the less actively a combatant pursues his own defense in a fight the less likely he needs to I don't know who that refers to or what but I don't even know what that means I'll it, find it, out it the Cobra mo- ship no this is this is actually something that, that you notice in um, in uh, action movies like the the more worried you are about as a character the more concerned you are for your own defense the more like you know you're gar- guarding yourself or ducking behind you know safety um the more in danger you seem to be the less concern you give for your for your own safety oh, okay. the less the less you actually have to because suddenly bullets are unable to hit you i see i don't know if you just made that up or not but that sounded compelling yeah 
This is a, this is a good plane that it can I, it can be eaten I have by seen nano, that referred to before. Yeah. Can be eaten by the nanomites and and still be flyable. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just mock sixing them off. <laughs> However, that's how that works. It's oh, a he's, verb. Oh, he's giving the old mock six action yeah. on him there. <laughs> he's a chick. He's <laughs> bad news, dude. You're in a parachute, but you're in orbit. So, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Star Trek? Um, the new Star Trek, because technically it seems plausible that you could survive this. Oh, his, oh, his I, oh that's right. And now she cares because yeah. right. like because she's learned emotion. Don't yeah. you see? Earlier she's oh that's right. Earlier character. on she has that whole yes. I don't feel emotions. You can't quantify emotions yeah. scientifically. No, so sweetheart, you're the Orion, not the Vulcan. Yeah, you're confused about which movie you're in now. That's a that's yeah. a good. That parachute goes at Mach 6, too. That's a good, that's a yeah. strong parachute. That's an important parachute. And then he lands on the way. Oh, there's a black man just be dropping him all over. That's <laughs> crazy. I, I do notice that the other agent arresting him is black, so they're not, that's not why. Yeah, so, okay. So <laughs> that's totally, totally not the reason. <laughs> it's just the parachuting into the White House. It's not a black thing at all. If he'd been wearing a turban, though, we would have shot him. Kill them. <laughs> Kill all the Joes. Yeah, no. Okay, now here, here's where the movie just asylums my ass like you can't believe. Because they detonate the ice pack. And, and, and uh, I don't know. Did you fast forward. And so I don't know. Don't yes, know. this is right about where I, I fast forward. Have you seen this? <laughs> I'm going to leave it He's to you. He's the only one who's seen it. I'm going to leave uh, it to you. Oh, I'm gonna, hey, are you talking to yeah. me? I I'm do. Gonna, I don't remember what you're talking about. They detonate about. the ice pack. I'm going to leave it to you to point out the problem. <laughs> to with me, one, with one, either anyone in the room, uh, which is few people now, um, but uh, then they uh, proceed to do something that is—I uh, can only think they're trying to emulate an asylum film, just directly, just try and be an asylum film. Um, because I really—I was watching it, and I'm like, okay, well, there's like two shots of it, and the first shot, I'm like, okay, well, I can kind of justify that in my head, and the second one is like, nope, they're doing that on purpose. They totally mean to do that, and so I, I need to—I need to listen to the rest of the commentary because. Come on, Summers. You got to cop to the fact that that's bullshit. Come on, come on, Summers. You got to admit, there's there's the first of the shots, but then there's a couple of others. I do believe. Why? What? Explain. Yeah, just, what, just, what's, what's happening? If, you, if it You're keeping if us. If it's in not suspense? intuitively obvious when you see the moment I'm referring to, then I then I I just I don't know what to think about you anymore. There's no intuition there's another, in another, this world. There's another. There's another. Uh, <laughs> there's another generic moment of okay, Dennis. Look this way and say, guys, get out of there. No. <laughs> Okay. At some point, I'm pretty sure we're going to want them to be That they'll running. probably be in some situation that yeah. they should have gotten out of. I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to be looking for. It's Up it's, is down, it's Trey. A, it's, an exterior, it's an exterior shot. Just okay. relax until you see a, a large exterior shot, like a la these. There'll be several of them. But yeah. Wait a second. That, that was, that was <laughs> the first one where I'm like, okay, I can kind of justify that. <laughs> But the train of thought you're on, <laughs> keep riding. <laughs> because there. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Let's not yeah. always see the same hands. So they're, uh, <laughs> so having, having been explain, the one who didn't. Explain yeah, to sure. me what's happening in a scene. They, they have destroyed the ice pack that their entire base is anchored to. Yes. And it is dropping on and destroying their base now. That's right. And how are they? But the, the one that, that I noticed was the ice pack is breaking up. I'm like, wait, the elevator goes up into that thing yeah. that's now just going to be free floating. I, I'm on actually, the ocean. I, my, my issue is a little more fundamental. Oh? It's, thank you. Yes, the, the scientist in the room has pointed out that when you break up the ice pack, Ice does not I'll sink fall. to the bottom of the <laughs> right. ocean. Ice has a thing it does where it floats on top of the water. 
So you can bomb the ice pack all you want. It will not collapse on you at the bottom (laughs) of the ocean. So the fact that they... Yeah, that's true. So the first first shot, it was like they had some ice chunks, and I was like, okay, okay. They were propelled down by the force of the blast. So they've been pushed under, and they will start to rise back. Oh, my fucking God. No, what are you doing, movie? So then they have them caving in like a collapsing roof. Then what? There also is, in general, the issue of the ice that's exploding into giant fireballs. Yes. That's, well, it's a, that's, you know. A, you know, that's being detonated by a thing. Now, here's where I'm kind of like, this is where the movie becomes all Avengery, which is unfortunate. Um, just at the last minute, it's like, okay, wait, we got we to gotta get the rest of the action figures into, into this somehow. So it's like, your name is Destro. Uh, you say that like it means something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very much like uh, Vader in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Arise, Darth. Uh, <laughs> Vader, I guess. I don't know. There's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a name I just pulled uh, out of my ass just there. Lalide points out there's a trope called Evil Sounds Deep. Yeah. An easy way to tell if someone is evil is that their voice is much deeper than a normal character. Yeah. Often artificially so. And then there's that was like, you will call me Commander! And if I was a properly educated fanboy, I would go, squee! But I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what <laughs> were you before? Ca- like, Captain or what? Yeah, so I would call... So wait, he used to... Until two seconds ago, you worked for him. Yeah, but that was all. A thing. But now his head is metal, and you have a mask. And you have and different. You switch different. masks, and what? Yeah. So and here you go. So here's the moment where it's like ah, the square off, and here's the guy, and it's like and uh, and who you and what army? And then yeah, you like go. you know the moment is supposed to be you know the alliance ain't gonna see this coming. You know that trope is like my army, and I'm like okay. Oh, where have right? they been? Submarine and all the guys and all they've that been off with the Transformers where, where yeah. the Autobots are. They dodged the all that sinking ice, thank God. <laughs> um, and then like, okay, you know, and then suddenly he's in prison. They've skipped the whole thing. Next time, gadget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was kind of like, I just, I didn't get the full effect of the. Oh, that was the moment. That's that the was climax. supposed to be the moment. Uh, I didn't get the moment in the moment there. That. After wow, Trey, so we've be just, moved. Okay, no, I'll that, try. I'm that trying. Is, I'm really trying. That is actually really amazing. What that is after after a good twenty straight minutes of things exploding, there was still an anticlimax. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, it, it somehow it built down like the uh, the ice. It w- built downwards <laughs> yes. somehow, counterintuitively, C- counterintuitively, it sank and against of all up. the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah. And chemistry, and it then, just and then went down a, instead of all. And here's a scintillating phenomenon. It's like, well, so it turns out that you weren't actually evil. You were um, full of uh, nano juice and it made your brain all squirrely. But you're still going to be going to prison and wear these prison fatigues. But, you know, we'll, we'll come back and see you sometimes. What? That's, or the conjugal vi- well, The other guy was in a, like a fortress of solitude and a tube and they launched him into space. But, no, you're just going to regular women's prison. Well, That's she's a, on, on, a, on an aircraft carrier, carrier of some kind. What? Why? Yeah, wouldn't she have been <laughs> slightly exonerated a little bit? A little oh, bit. sorry. I had robots in my brain. Yeah, you did it. Your Honor. Extenuating. <laughs> okay, there's, and here's the walk. And like, okay, Redhead, thank you. You have the job. Nice work. And costuming. Yes, you are an action figure. Dun, 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 dun. We like the action figure. It's good. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. You'll ruin it. Shut up. Shut up. Don't say anything. You'll ruin it. We did not equip that the action figure with that function. <laughs> yeah. Just, just as long as she has lifelike hair and kung fu grip, I'm good. That's all. That's all we need. <laughs> Inflatable depends on what, you. Depends on what you're going to use that kung fu grip for. Yeah. 
You know, it's not the kung fu grip that worries me. Oh, that's probably good. It's the it's the karate action chop afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> with the kung fu grip, bad combo. Dep- yeah, depends how you use it. Yeah, don't you? Kung don't, grip. Don't, oh, that's awesome. Chop. Ah, not from the shoulder, honey. Just yeah, no, no, no. Not the whole arm on this one. Just the elbow. Just do the elbow. Yes, and then they come out of the drain, or something. That's, oh, it's oh they're like is. ants that come out of the drain. Ah, and see, oh, then no. it's like, okay, oh, that's right. This was apparently the point of the thing. Oh yeah, plot? Yes? <laughs> Question mark. So, for those of you who are wondering, was there a story to all this? Well, here's where it all pays off for you, Dark Man. What's the moral of this? Stephen Summers must be stopped. I don't no. know. Hasbro um, must be stopped. Or Hasbro, sure. No, well, the, the no. source material is never to blame. It's it's yeah. what what is done with it. Yeah, the I, theme I, I guess is about not the source material. It's the fact that it's a toy commercial. Right. It's That's the random wrong. brutality of war. Yes, Come on, it's guys. a message. Clearly, it's trying to say that the president. Oh, did he? Did what? Well, does he say something or something? How are we he, supposed he, to know he, that? He, That's he, the... he whistles the oh, tune. Oh, does the that same the bad whistle? Guy, he's okay. The bear, the, he's a delicate fellow. That's the little motif that he does. Gotcha. Yeah. Okie doke. Okay. So that, that happened. This movie happen. didn't break me, but it also did. Kind of. Brian? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a lot more flabbergasted by this than I remember <laughs> being. So. You made us fucking watch this. I know I did. Yeah. I'm sorry, this guys. your call, I'm man. I'm sorry. Say sorry again. That was a bad call, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad call. Ripley? Speaking of the It was a bad call, Ripley. A bad call, Ripley. Uh, is this what you remember? Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I stand by my initial statement. It's Asylum worth 175 million. fucking million dollars. Can you imagine? We could have bought four minutes in Iraq with this. <laughs> yeah, or doggone it, or yeah. approximately 500 actual Asylum films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Asylum could make 500 or movies. four lower budget good movies. Yeah. You <laughs> could you could buy five District Nines with this. Yeah. yeah. How many Michael? social networks could you get? Uh, half of one. Yeah. <laughs> Michael? Uh, yeah. I mean, when... Mike, explain it to me. I remember... Why did the movie do this? Van Helsing was one of the first movies I really just abjectly hated because... Which one was? Van Helsing. Because of that exact thing. Because it was like it was like a $200 million budget and then at least half that again for advertising. And I just looked at that and I was like, y- you spent all that money on that you could have made so. You could have made you know, four. D- 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 how many? However many District Nines that is, and and a bunch of and or just like, fed a small African country or something other than made Van Helsing. I'm so angry that Van Helsing if exists. Only that, if only that that was how economics. Yeah, works. I know. Like, I know. It's not, it's not a straight trade. I know. You walk in the boardroom going, "Hi, I have the budget for a terrible movie. Where do I go to give it to African? Yeah. <laughs> Where do I do I just drop it here? That'd be great, though. <laughs> That would solve a lot of problems. Wouldn't that be sweet if the world worked like that? That would that would that would solve our world hunger problem, <laughs> and our Michael Bay problem, <laughs> and our Emma Chamberlain problem. Like if you literally like you know if you could find the place where the people come out of the building <laughs> with the budget, and you go, hey, hey, Michael Bay, dude, totally big fan of your totally big fan of your work. What do you got there? Transformers Four, and like you just rip it out of his hands and run two blocks down and slam it like into like the equivalent of a mailbox. Ha <laughs> ha, African kids. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, you lose. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> Try putting some lens flares on that, you ignorant <laughs> cock. That's going to build schools, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
So, uh, no, economics doesn't work that way, but it should. <laughs> but it should. S- stop them. Um, and this movie, again, I just, it's like, why do they keep giving Stephen Summers so much money to do it? Because they want to sell toys, I guess. Because um, they, they made their money back. Yeah. Mike, who wins uh, well in a fight? Enough. Stephen Summers or Jonathan Mostow? Um, I think Stephen Summers, because he's the one who's getting the big bucks, and Jonathan Mostow is not. Jonathan Mostow directed Night and Day. He's got some massive bucks of his own. Oh, he did? Yeah. I did not know he's that. He's done like three. So who wins? He's done, he's, Jonathan Mostow has done three movies that even if you saw them, you would not remember what they were uh-huh. in a row. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's uh, just doing, doing just fine. I don't know. But but you know what? Let's find out. Or, <laughs> or. <laughs> I'll let you have solve at least oh, one of our problems. I'll oh, let you have on. three. Oh, it's on. Uh, Stephen Summers, Jonathan Mostow, and Batman. Who wins? Well, obviously Batman. <laughs> Batman always wins. Tra- yeah. Trig. And Trey. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you throw Trey in there, all bets are off. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I... I <laughs> That's right. There's, right. the There's nothing more to say. I'm just going to go in circles if I say anything more. So, <laughs> Trey, go. I, again, I, I am not at the point where I hate Stephen Summers yet because, you know, he... He seems like cool as a person because he understands he's cool that he's again, done wrong. You, I think <laughs> you will be. Yeah, he understands. He, he wasn't ready to admit it on Van Helsing co- uh, commentary. He wasn't ready to say, "Okay, I laid a I laid a turd on this one. I'm sorry, guys. I really I really screwed the pooch on this one." Um, this movie, you know, he, the fact that he starts by going, "We didn't have a script when we started this bad boy because the writer strike. We didn't know what the hell." Um, I'm like, "All right, you know, okay, good." It's like I didn't do a, an asylum film. Because it was a story I was itching to tell either. I mean, you know, yeah, sometimes it's a paycheck, and that's all she wrote. Um, and that's fine. And I, I, I think this movie is, you know, it's as dumb as, as the powers that be needed it to be. Um, and I, I still think that, you know, I would put even more blame on the Hasbro, the fine folks at Hasbro, uh, than I would on Stephen Summers or, or the studio that, that made it. Because when you're doing a thing where it's like, it's not an illusion that it's a toy commercial. Then y- you can't <laughs> you can't blame anyone involved. But there was Van Helsing before this. It's not like he was good, 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 and then Hasbro got involved. No, <laughs> just like Van Helsing was a bad one. Before that, there was the Mummy and the Mummy Returns, and those were good, you know. And and uh, you know, and they were movies he really wanted to make. Van right. Helsing was one he really wanted to make. Yeah. Sometimes there's such a thing as getting too much of what you want, but, right? Uh, you know. Anyone can make a schlocko movie that uh, you know. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I have, I'm not putting. I'm not putting Summers in the Mostow camp yet. Uh, Mostow, you know, he's he's burned up like five. He's you know he's gone to five movies that are like, oh, you're really just in it for the money now, aren't you? Um, and I'm sure he's crying himself to sleep every night. Going, <laughs> Mostow is the Oliver I'm, Platt of I'm directors. <laughs> He'll be in anything. <laughs> but uh, you know, Summers is like. And this is why, as I as I open with, I I don't hate this movie nearly as much as I hate Wanted, because I think Wanted thinks it's a good movie or it has some pretext that it's a good movie, and it's just as much a cash grab and as as you know as a piece of commercial bullshit as as this is. But this is just so much more upfront about it. It's like yeah, I wasn't I wasn't on the Wanted commentary because I didn't know we were doing it. But uh, the uh, you weren't Wanted. Um, I I'll just say I'm Mike. I have to go see a fucking indie art house picture at the local fucking weird theater. 
you guys were doing Shawshank. <laughs> you were supposed to be doing Shawshank, and I had nothing to say. We tried, Mike. We tried. <laughs> anyway, your point is, you going to defend Wanted? Or we I'm not going to, to defend Wanted because it is an awful movie. Okay. Um, but I, I did find Wanted personally more entertaining than I found GI Joe when watching it. Maybe because it's so bad that it was hysterical. Is it, <laughs> is it because there's quiet parts in Wanted? I don't know. I think it's because, uh, but, but, but there aren't are because there? It, because it's funny. It's so bad it becomes funny. Wanted is a and Pixies so album compared to yeah. this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, sorry. Go, go to ahead. be to be fair, I've never actually seen Wanted except for when we. No, hate, you've seen it, you just haven't heard we it. Fucked it, but I've, I have not heard the dialogue. I have no idea. You know, dude. Wanted thanks you <laughs> for would, having not heard it. I wouldn't worry about it, Trey. Yeah, I don't think I missed any nuance from Wanted. Okay. But how can you say you hate it if you'd never seen it until <laughs> in the context because of it's, fuck this happening right it, in because of me. But Trey, Trey gave it a shot, and for if you listen to the commentary it's for like, quite a bit, yet, he's yeah. like, "I'm on board with this." Yeah. And it's not till well it's into just, it. It's just yeah. that you know when it becomes it, it literally is, and and I know GI Joe is exactly the same. But I, like I said, I, it's the fact that Wanted tries to pretend it's not a bullshit commercial. Wanted wants to be the Wanted, fight club tricks. Wanted wants to take it seriously when it's like, yeah, because Angelina Jolie really wanted to tell this story. Right. You know, Angelina Jolie and everybody else involved is like, when does this shoot? What does it pay? And what do I do? You know, Angelina Jolie is like, well, I got room in my schedule. I'm going to adopt another kid in three weeks, but I got time. Yeah. To, and what do I do? I got tattoos and I show my ass what one time, right? Contractually obligated one time. Cool. And uh, what's, what do I do? Uh, scowl and, and look badass and drive cars really fast? Yeah, that's in my wheelhouse. I've done about 20 of those. Um, and what are the hours? Okay. I'll be home with Brad by 10. Yeah, yeah I'll squeeze it in. Sure. You know, and the whole movie's like that. It's like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's got trailer moments in it. It's got hot chick with the ass it's got other good looking pieces of beef walking around you know it's it's got, there's nothing more to wanted than that um it's based on a thing yeah it doesn't matter what it was based on it's the execution that matters well this is based on a thing and this is just as dumb as a bag of hammers do it's 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 just that i i find this less cynical than wanted somehow that's just my I own personal can... that's my own personal take on it this is like no, we're stupid. I mean, if you listen again, if you listen to Summer's commentary, he goes, "Yeah, come on, folks, it is what it is." Jesus, what do you want? Fucking GI Joe. I mean, he's he's almost to the point of saying that. It's like, all right, yeah, as long as you knew, as long as you were clear, Steve. Hmm, that's I'm fair okay. Enough. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think that Russian guy actually thought he was making art or some shit. And I, I I'd be really surprised because if you've seen his other stuff, uh, Beck Mamatov's Night Watch and Day Watch. It's like they well they do take themselves fairly seriously, yeah. but they are over the top and ridiculous, and that's why they hired him to do Wanted. Yeah, but filmmaking is an art. This has been down in front. <laughs> well said. You can always find a us at downinfront.net. Subscribe us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter down in front. Facebook down in front. Show email down in front. Show gmail dot com. Get on the forum. Talk to us. Forum down in front live. What else? Uh, PayPal. Twitter. Are, are you for that you one? Uh, Matt, Matt Veda. Uh, Matt Veda. This movie <laughs> did. Matt Veda's great. I was like, Dang. I like Matt Veda. It has made everyone in the room stupid. I, 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 I like Holden Hill. Uh, I, thank you I, very I much to uh, Erica Lalide in the chat for being fake Mickey for the tropes. TVTropes.org. If it ever happened in a movie twice, they know about it. If it happened three times, they know about it. If it happened four times, they know about it. If it happened five times, it wasn't really a movie, was it? I don't know. I'm making shit up. This has been down in front. I'm Teague. Right. <laughs> Sienna Miller, call me. It's been down in front. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and now you know, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Darkman knows that. Now you know that. Did something happen between the time I went in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, just really good. He, he, he had to break a whole, it down. Took a whole turn there. <laughs> Teague just suddenly like on I've the done outro. my I've done my ultimate <laughs> unbelievable Teague. I've done my ultimate unbelievable outros where I just all the way through it. This one was like no one made it this far. Who cares? He just crashed and burned. At this point, that's on you. He completely crashed. It's not our fault if you're still watching. Lalide is like Teague's will to live is just gone. Just vanished. I don't know. It's we'll look under the couch. He's lost the will to live. Sometimes it goes under the couch. Ooh bah. Trendsinyourhead.com.